number for you. Okay. 37,000. <laughs> That's the tease. And we will explain what that 37,000 means in a minute. It was, what, 10 days ago? Yep. A mere 10 days ago, when, after having promised that we'd be doing it for a while, we posted some more Tommy Emanuel videos up. That's right. One of the videos we knew would be very popular, because it's one of Tommy's most requested medleys. The Beatles medley. Mm-hmm. Ten days. Thirty-seven thousand people have looked at that video in ten days. We're pushing thirty-eight thousand. We want to break thirty-eight thousand tonight. I, w- I was going to say I didn't believe that was going to be the Super Bowl attendance. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It might be the cost for a ticket if you wanted to fly out there real quick and try to grab a ticket. That sounds more accurate. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we were blown away by and and of course there's been a lot of Beatles talk in the past few days yeah. because of the anniversary of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan show and uh, we get to see the analytics who is looking at the videos on our uh, YouTube page and uh, there are countries I've never even heard of literally. In fact, uh, remind me this week and we'll, we'll print out a list of all the countries. I mean, Chesnia, uh, Australia, China, Yugoslavia, yeah, Australia, not surprised. Uh, Australia, Sweden, Netherlands, yeah. uh, just... Oh, Japan. A lot of uh, yeah. uh, viewers from Japan. Um, yeah, it's really fun to look at the uh, the analytics and you say, well, h- how do people find this out? How, you know, how does Australia know that Chechnya is tuned in? And uh, I can't say that we've got many from Russia, but uh, or China. Although, although we have some, 
We do? Well, we have some from Russia, and we have really? some from China. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well. So the, if you would like to see what we're talking about, uh, uh, check out our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And there you will find our YouTube page. And we have a ton of things that you can check out. We have uh, various playlists of uh, everything from oh some of my old records to the important stuff like Tommy Emanuel videos <laughs> and some of our road tests and yes. things like that. So just youtube.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. But let us say welcome to a, almost a full show tonight. We're here until... F- Two o'clock in the morning. I had to you think were going to say four. Like, no, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to go. No. no. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, we'll be here for the time change, but it won't. It really won't affect yeah. us. Um, the keeper of the big plug, Bob, Grandpa Bob, is in studio with us now. This is a good time of the year for you when you're working the shift because you get to jump ahead and you get to lose that hour, right? Yeah. So you're making up for the extra hour you've already worked and didn't get paid didn't for. Get, yeah. Because that, that's the way it always works. And, and see, that was one of many reasons why, back in my uh, rock and roll musician days, mm-hmm. why I joined the union. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't believe the number of clubs that would try to say, well, yeah, you're working that extra hour because you'll get it back in spring. And you would never be working for that same club. So the union said, no, nope, yeah. sorry, yeah. You, you, you're going to have to pay. I live that, too, as a waitress. Yeah, uh, I, I Don't worry about it. You're, you're still going to get your $2.35 an hour. You know, yeah, relax. Right. <laughs> you know, thank you. <laughs> Can I have just a little bit more, please, sir? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got so many things coming up tonight. Bob, are you going to be Super Bowling tomorrow? No. No. <laughs> I could tell by that look on your face. You're like, uh, no. It sounds like punishment. <laughs> no, I have the early shift on Monday. Oh, you do? So I'll be going to bed before kickoff. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, Julian is on the other side of the glass. Hello, young Julian. Good evening. Good evening. Julian is a new car owner. Yes. And he made it here just you in time. You don't have to say what you got, but... Julian got a new car tonight, right? I did. I did. A new old car. Yeah. Literally minutes before the show, right? Oh, yeah. Minutes. <laughs> but you started hours ago, and is, as is always the case, sadly, it takes a lifetime oh, to does. buy a car. I feel like I aged an extra 10 years. And it's exhausting. Well, it the, really the, is. The, okay. The, the, I wonder how similar your experience was to ours. Because when we got the car that we got about a year ago, what time was it we got to the dealership in the afternoon? It was uh, 3.30. We and left there. At, they had closed. They had closed the dealership by the time we left. So yeah. we left about... 8.30, quarter to nine. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. 9 or 9.30. We were starving. <laughs> I think they were too, but that's the way it is. They closed at 7. Oh, okay. So okay. you were there too over time. Yeah, well, congratulations. That's a big deal. And we're going to be talking cars tonight uh, in a little bit. We're going to have John Davis, the host of TV's Motor Week. He's going to give us a a preview of the Chicago Auto Show Mm because he was out there this week. In fact, uh, you may have seen John uh, uh, on Channel 9's uh, auto show coverage last night. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up in a little bit. Also, a little later, our buddy Jim Peterick, he of the Ides of March, would you believe it? Later this month, they are celebrating their one, two, three, sixtieth. Count them, sixtieth anniversary. Yes, wow. 
Yes. <laughs> 60. And they were just kids, literally, yeah. uh, right in high school when they got together. They've got great stories because they're still together. That's the amazing And thing. just in time for Valentine's Day, we're going to ask Jim to tell the vehicle story because there mm-hmm. is a vehicle story that ties in with Jim and Valentine's Day and his yes. wonderful wife, Karen. Yes. Uh, hey, wait, let me stop you there. Speaking hmm. of Valentine's, we are celebrating our Jack Benny anniversary on yeah. Wednesday on Valentine's with okay. this radio station 39 years <laughs> 39 because longer than most of the people who are here I started I mean this sounds like a bad Hallmark movie I started on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. 1984 I filled in for Bob Collins the following Valentine's Day so Valentine's Day 1985 then program director Dan Fabian had the idea of Let's let's have Johnny walk in and surprise you, and then see what that sounds like. And, uh, and I was outside the studio, the uh, Andre Pierre Andre Studio, yes, over on Bradley Place. And um, Dan Fabian, program director, literally pushed me. He opened the door and put his hand on my shoulder and shoved me in. I'm like, yeah, pretend like this is you know just kind of a big surprise for Steve. Because at that point. Uh, I was doing fill-in on WGN. I was doing fill-in on uh, KQX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was well, at WCLR. You were, you were doing traffic on CLI. You were producing a TV show that I was doing at uh, Channel 32. Right. And and by the way, the TV show that was nominated for an Emmy, and the year it was nominated for an Emmy, they canceled it. <laughs> Proving timing is everything. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, so, so 39 years this Valentine's Day. Yep. The first time him and her were heard on this very radio station. Yep. And it was a big deal because the program director was coming off of a nightmarish experience with an experiment with a him and a her. Now, they weren't married. They were oil and water. Michael and Catherine were oil and water. And yet he was still willing to try a him and her. And we're not telling tales out of school. No. Michael Feldman and Catherine Catalane. Oh, boy, did they not get along. Yes, but they went on to good things. Really good things. And I don't even know if they put this on their resume We haven't talked to Catherine in a while. A long time. She's a really nice person. Um, So that's coming up Mm -hmm. on Valentine's Day. We'll talk about Valentine's Day a little later. And even though he was on with us last week, Patrick Christman was going to uh, jump in again this week because there's a lot of stuff going on that we need to address uh, those of you who are, can we say Super Bowl or do they sue us if we say Super Bowl? Can we say Super Bowl, Bob? Yeah. Do we, the or big do game? we have to say big game? Big game. We will say the big game. The big game. Yes. The NFL championship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Christmas of football. Yes. Uh, those of you who are planning on watching that uh, may find that it may have an impact on your Wi-Fi. Yes, so, yes. Especially if you live in a building. Right, Bob? If you live in a building with a lot of people and all of a sudden it's like the commercial where the guys in the the apartment next to you are cheering and you're like, what What? What? what happened? Because yours is buffering and you're not seeing yeah. things in real time. And So because we've had a lot of people that have uh, texted us and sent us email messages during the week. Yeah, okay, we'll have we'll Patrick on. That. He's going to explain that. And uh, there's also, believe it or not, we're going to talk about another malware thing. Can you believe a malware-infected smart toothbrushes have been causing problems? (laughs) I'm not kidding. Malware-infected smart 
toothbrushes. That's what you get for buying a very expensive, when all you need is that 99-cent soft brush that your dentist gives you as you leave. <laughs> so that's uh, some of what we have yeah. coming up. Yeah, uh, I'm tired already. Uh, stick around, and we'll see how it all plays out. Say it right now, baby. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Do you know who that is? Mm, it's a girl group. <laughs> Good. I bet Good. it's from the 60s. Yeah. I bet it's called Shout. That's the Shangri-Las. Oh, it is. Yeah. Is that from your new CD? Uh, no, that is not on the mm. new CD. Okay. Because I found a, a CD that has all of the Shangri-Las stuff. And the, and the more that I looked at the Shangri-Las songs, we talked about Mary just passing away just a couple weeks ago. What? Every one of their records was a soap opera. Oh, yeah. It really was. And they were sisters. I guess I didn't realize that. Uh, it was a couple of sets of sisters. A couple sets of sisters, yeah. yeah. I did not realize that. Okay, so it is time for our shout-out. Mm-hmm. And Florida is very well represented tonight, and we appreciate that. But first, Steve, <clears throat> we oh, go, we go to see, uh, Algonquin. And, and it's Miss Stacy. Wait a minute. I need, I need the Stacy yes. microphone. <clears throat> Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> you freak her out. <laughs> Stacy's in Algonquin. Robin is in dire Indiana. Our former engineer, John Coser. Wanted hey, us John. to know that he's listening in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, boy, John takes us back. To his wife, um, uh, Curly Shuffle. She was yes. in the group that did the Curly Shuffle. Yes. Uh, the uh, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, All right, think about it. Oh, this is horrible because I, I know uh, it's a one-hit wonder too. I mean, it was a hit song, the Curly Shuffle. Jump in the saddle band. Yes. No. Yeah, that no. was that was one of the hits. Uh, there, there were two different hit you, versions of Curly Shuffle, mm-hmm. Jump in the Saddle Band, and there was another group. I'm sorry, I even went here because I got a long list of names to read. Okay, I'll be over here. <laughs> Peter Quinn? No, no, it's it's a band. It's a local band. I'll know it when I hear it. So keep working on it, Julie. <laughs> Catherine uh, Kramarzak, and forgive me, Catherine, but you got a lot of vowels in the, <laughs> and a lot of consonants. <laughs> you see, Catherine, she's got a lot of vowels. <laughs> Pamela Walker, Nancy Hollins, Rich Ward, one of the Chase twins, tuned hey, in. Are we surprised? Because Jim Peterson's on tonight, so he's going to be tuned in. Uh, Carrie Johnson and Fred Husser, Hussar, uh, Janet App- Appenzeller. I got to say it this way, Appenzeller. She's tuned in. Jim Smith. And you have to hold your hold your I fingers did. like I did. Appenzeller. I did the kiss, the chef's yes. kiss. Um, Jim Smith, and thank you, Jim, because I could read your name. Um, also, um, I'm having a hard time reading my own. Oh dear, Sue Jennings. Dean is an indie. Thank you, Dean. JP's in Peoria. Celine's in Chicago. Gina's in Colorado. Pat's in River Grove, Don is in Kalamazoo, Naples, Florida, uh, Corpus Christi, Florida, a bunch of Florida people, as they say, are tuned in, uh, Carol Danilowitz, 
I'm proud because I practiced that. Uh, Brian uh, Lefevre in Bridgeport is tuned in. Thank you. Bridgeport is listening. Nancy Hollins and Craig Stewart and Norb Rosansky out in Aurora and Kenneth Hartman and Jean Jacobson in Milwaukee. Susie Schemmel is listening from Naples, Florida. Bonnie Pearson's in Grays Lake. Mildred Bartlett is in Oregon, Illinois. John Goodlow is, oh, thank you, John. He called us the masters of the airwaves. And then he said he'd be listening to us. Checks in the mail, John. <laughs> Lloyd Moncrief is in Ottawa, Illinois. Helen uh, Thomas is in K-Town, Kenosha. Chuck Snitchler, our good buddy, he's tuned in. Uh, Patricia Tentari, also a good uh, number one fan. Um, Mike uh, Petrozinski, forgive me, Mike, but I do want to share Mike's message because he's going to be delivering food, hot food, tomorrow night during the Super Bowl. And he says, please, please tip your driver. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Especially if you've got a group of people over, have everybody pitch in for the driver because they don't get to watch the Super Bowl. Or, or excuse me, the big game. Peter Jakubowicz is listening in Citrus County, Florida. Diane Vasquez, who does some great artwork for us. And thank you, yes. Diane. It's adorable. We're going to be using the stuff that you've done for us over the past few weeks. Our buddy Bobby Danos is listening on his AMFM clock radio out in Sandwich, Illinois. Judy B. and Ron Anderson's in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Judy's not with Ron. Uh, Judy is... Uh, um, Are we sure? I, I just didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to smush them together. Uh, um, uh, Lester Clyden, our truck Buddy is tuned in. Carrie Johnson, Beverly Goodall, Donna Youngheim, Delphine Behrman, John Couture is in Warren, Michigan. Chris Van Gorp is in Indianapolis. Janet Gellert is in Gainesville, Florida. Jan Reinhardt is listening from the laboratory. Eric Baum is in West Wells Beach, Maine. And Sharon Malone is in K-Town. Diane Hansen is tuned in. Michael Besky is in Muskegon, Wisconsin. Dave Kremnitzer is tuned in. He met Jim Peterick when he was on the um, Flower Power Cruise. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Welshunts is in Elkins, West Virginia. Richard Vanna is in Lansing, Illinois. Chris Curran is in Les Paul's hometown of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, Penny Schick is in Tavares, Florida. And Mary Gold is in Tinley Park, so hands down, Florida wins. Even more people yeah. listening in Florida than in Chicago. And we we need to mention our checker jewel. Oh yes, Randy, Miss Randy, as I know she's listening tonight because I saw her on Friday and I said, "Girl, I'm gonna stop mentioning your name if you don't tell me that you're tuned in." So and we also had one in. Uh, we had someone call in, oh. Liz Drabowski, out in Washington, oh. a former Illinois. Resident. All right, listening in Washington. Hey, Liz. Oh, where's Rubber City? Because Rubber City's tuned in. <laughs> Three three zero area code writes and says, "I'm in Rubber City. Hello from there." Um, oh, my my family. I don't know that they really are, but they always tell me that they're my number one fan from Elgin. They're tuned in. And thank you very much for that. By the way, go, go uh, check out our Facebook page. You will see tons and tons of videos and all kinds of things. Yes, that we, fireworks we put up. videos from tonight, our drive to work tonight, and all of that good stuff. We're going to talk with uh, John Davis, host of TV's Motor Week. 
Boy, if you go back to 1901, that was the first Chicago auto show. And just, uh, I, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that there were cars in 1901. Yeah. You know, I have <laughs> visions of them trotting up in horses over to McCormick Place for the auto show. But right now, we are tickled because we get to introduce you to a guy you probably know because he's a television legend, automotive expert, and he's our buddy. He's been joining us for years when we talk about the auto show. A host of TV's Motor Week, uh, the the longest, longest running. running automotive show uh, in the universe. <laughs> yes, not quite as old as the Chicago Auto Show, but it's been around for a while. And he is John Davis. Hey, John. Hey, Stephen, Johnny, Johnny. Thank you very much for that. And yeah, you know. We've been around for 43 seasons now. It wow. just seems like yesterday. How are you guys doing? It's early. Yes. We used to do this after midnight. <laughs> yeah. We I, did. I feel like I still have half a day left. You, you would wander over from a Cormac place, and oftentimes oh. it would be dreadful weather. And this year, it's been great weather. Uh, you know, I have never been in Chicago in February where it's been warmer. I guess uh, yesterday it set a record like it was at least 65 when, when I was around. So. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, you were here for the press opening uh, of, of the yeah. auto show, and that's the the perfect time to come so you can actually walk around and see things, right? Yeah, because, I mean, there were only probably about five or 600 of us on floor, and I know to, today in the opening they had at least 100,000, yeah. you know, in that same space. And and I, and I want people to understand that when they come to the show, which, by the way, uh, runs uh, now through the uh, 19th of February, you know, they're going to be surprised that it's only in one hall. It's in the South Hall, and we can talk about why if you want to. But it's not as small as you think. In other words, it used to have the North Hall and the South Hall, and it was over a million square feet. Now they've expanded the South Hall all the way back to the back wall. So it's still about 800,000 square feet. That's about five Walmart super centers. So you still need to bring your practical shoes. Yes. And there's still an awful lot to see. Yes. I, I want to mention, too, that the auto shows up against the super, excuse me, the big game. The big game. Yes, on Sunday. Yeah. But <laughs> if you wear some kind of sports uh, a shirt, uh, whatever it is, if you bring something sporty to the auto show, they'll give you five bucks off your ticket on Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a good deal. <laughs> I, I, I think you can go to the show tomorrow and still make it to the game. I don't think that's yeah. a real problem. At least make it home to watch the game. I'm curious, John. You do this for a living, but when you came to the auto show, what were you particularly looking for? What 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 vehicle or group of vehicles did you make a beeline for? Well, you know, Steve, there's really two auto shows. When you have a big auto show like Chicago, New York, uh, Los Angeles, in this country, Detroit, there's two auto shows. There's one for the press, and that's why they have a press day. And then there's one for the consumer. They get to basically just jump in and out of almost everything there so they can really do a comparison. But I came looking for a couple of things. Uh, we knew that there was a new Ford Explorer, which happens to be built in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's not a totally new design, but they refaced it front and rear, added some new technology, and have grouped together a number of options so that you actually can get more Explorer for your money than you could before. That I wanted to see. Uh, we knew that Kia was bringing two uh, updated vehicles, and they were really the newest vehicles at the show. 
they showed a new version of their carnival. Uh, they used to not want to call it a minivan, but it is a minivan. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's an SUV looking minivan. It's pretty tough. They've added a hybrid to it, so it gets a better fuel economy, and a car that a lot of people probably don't even know exists. It's called their K5 sedan. It's a midsize sedan. It's like a Honda Accord, uh, Toyota Camry, a really nice car, and that got uh, seriously updated. And there was one other that I knew was going to be there that I had not seen before, and that back on their electric drive, uh, Chicago Drive's electric test track, where they've got like nine different manufacturers. Uh, so if you haven't ridden around in an electric vehicle, a uh, pure electric, you can. Um, they had the, the Cadillac Escalade EV, which is one big uh, all-electric SUV. So uh, there was a lot more to see, but that, I think that was the, the high point. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the uh, Cadillac uh, EV. There are more electric vehicles at the auto show this year than there ever. have been ever, right? Oh, absolutely. Plus, two of the upstarts that have not been going to auto shows, and that uh, includes Tesla, who brought the Cybertruck, you know, the truck that looks oh. like it came out of a, a, a grade B Hollywood movie. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also Lucid, the, uh, the California-based company that's building ultra-luxury cars at the moment. They were there, and, and they've never, neither one of those have ever been to Chicago before. And you couldn't even get close to the cyber truck. I mean, even the press was crawling in and out of it uh, <laughs> to great delight. And, and the truck was in Washington at the Washington Auto Show two weeks ago. And uh, and the line of kids wanting to get in it was like a mile long. So it's not to be missed. And it's backed by the, uh, the electric test track. And I'm sure I'm uh, the lone voice crying in the wilderness on this, but I look at the the Tesla Cybertruck, and my immediate thought is, and people didn't like the way the Pontiac Aztec looked? (laughs) And you like the Aztec. We gave you grief about that. Uh, well, you know, it is a matter of taste, and styling usually is, but, you know, it's a really weird-looking uh, truck or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually say it looks like it should be in a Mad Max movie. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I, exactly. Yeah, a, exactly a dystopian, right. apocalyptic kind of thing going on. Oh, that's a real cheery thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there, there's a, something else there that rivals it for that role that you just talked about. If mm-hmm. you go over to GMC, they've got a, the only concept at this show. It's called the GMC Hummer, which, of course, is an EV Earth Cruiser. Oh. And it has been decked out like this anti-apocalyptic <laughs> uh, survival vehicle uh, with uh, it's like an RV in the back, but it's even but it's all you can't imagine how much stuff is crammed into a small space. Uh, where the bed would normally be. I mean, they've got space to sleep to. They've got a toilet. They've got no. a shower. They've got everything. And it's all about uh, three feet off the ground, so you have to have a ladder to get into it. Wow. But it's pretty darn cool. Yeah. And I personally think it rivals the Cybertruck uh, in a lot of ways. And it's practical. It, and what power is it? Uh, it's all EV. It's, uh, it's the wow. Hummer EV underneath. So... You take basically a 6,500-pound Hummer EV and probably add another couple thousand pounds to it. And uh, it looks like it looks like something that you would probably roam, want to roam around bars in. Uh, 
so, so, big tires, so, big yeah. everything. So with those dimensions, what, it's got a range of 10 miles? <laughs> I, that's a very good question. I would imagine it probably is a little less than the 300 or so that the stock Hummer EV, but they weren't talking about that. Oh, that's funny. We're talking with John Davis, the host of TV's Motor Week. we got a lot of ground to cover with John, so stay with us right here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. We're talking cars with the host of TV's Motor Week, John Davis. In a little bit, we're going to get to the uh, 2024 Driver's Choice Awards. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're going over the Chicago Auto Show. Uh, John was uh, at the Chicago Auto Show and, and did a much too brief appearance on Channel 9's auto show coverage last night. But it was good seeing you, John. Yes, it was. And and we saw John, and he wasn't wearing his blue sport coat. So I, at first, I didn't know it was really John Davis. <laughs> hey, John, um, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned that uh, Kia unveiled two vehicles, and one of mm-hmm. them is the Kia K5, a sedan. Yes. Is that like the only sedan that we'll find at the auto show? No. Um, most of the uh, uh, Asian automakers, uh, including you know, Honda, Toyota, Kia, and uh, Hyundai, uh, they're still making uh, sedans uh, and usually compact and midsize. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the General Motors, uh, Chevrolet still has the Malibu. Ford is down to no sedans. Right. Uh, their only car that they've got left is the Mustang, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the new Mustang, everybody, take a look at it. It's a fabulous car. So there, there's still a, a reasonable, uh, you know, variety of sedans around, just not like we used to see mm-hmm. where, you know, each manufacturer had three or four. Now it's down to one or two at the most, if they've got ordinary, in some cases, none. Yeah. Speaking of things that, that you will see or not see, I, I have to ask you about uh, Chrysler, uh, not at the auto show right. this year, but... They're teasing something that is going to be unveiled, what, I think on the 13th? Do you know anything about that? Uh, we suspect it's one of their concepts. They've uh, they've been talking about uh, the, the Chrysler, I believe it's, I may get the pronunciation wrong, the Halcyon. It's basically a vision of the future. Uh, they've already uh, given hints at it to the press. I think they showed it uh, last fall at uh, SEMA, I think CES, probably uh, the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, they might have had it there. They're going to do a full-blown reveal of it sometime soon, and I guess that's what's happening on the 13th. Uh, Don't know too much about it, except it's a vision. Now, I will say it's a vision of where Chrysler as the brand is headed. And uh, and that's interesting that they're putting this kind of effort into it, uh, because there's been some speculation that uh, under the uh, Stellantis ownership, which is based in Europe, uh, they weren't sure that the Chrysler brand would be around much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this kind of bolsters the uh, the attitude that they do have some plans for it. Again, you were there for the uh, for the media days. What was the buzz from the manufacturers about what they feel? is the the part of the market that that they're really looking forward to is it electric vehicles is it uh uh hybrids uh, what are they enthusiastic about this year 
Well, I think from recent press reports, including what General Motors announced last week, that they're going to start doing more plug-in hybrids, where you have gas, electric, plus enough battery to travel at least, say, 30 to 40 miles on electricity alone. I think a lot of the manufacturers are rethinking whether they want to go fully electric right now, uh, which they're pretty much being required to by various uh, state and federal governments, or whether they want to look at a bridge which would be these hybrids and plug-in hybrids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you only have to look at one automaker to see how intelligent that is. They're already there, and that's Toyota, Yep, which mm-hmm. basically offers a hybrid in everything they make. And in the case of things like their new Crown Sigma, which was uh, it, which is there in Chicago, which is brand spanking new, um, you know, really takes... Uh, the SUV as we know it, it makes it into a very economical uh, vehicle. So I think the buzz is, gee, we understand that the market's not ready for pure EVs quite yet, and let's go back and start putting some money into some of these um, hybrids and plug-in hybrids again. And I think it's long overdue. I think most of us in the press thought this was a, a, a fool's errand to go all EV so quickly in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, I, would, I want to take you back to Chrysler for a second. Speaking mm-hmm. of, of uh, plug-in EVs, uh, of the cars that Johnny and I have had the, uh, the uh, experience of road testing, the one that still stands out, boy, yeah. that Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid, what a great yeah. vehicle. It is, and, you know, it's one of the uh, uh, one of the few uh, plug-in uh, hybrid vehicles around uh, that was early to the market and has continued to garner uh, a very sizable following. The only downside to it, and you probably know this too, is that a lot of people love the Chrysler Pacifica minivan because the second row seats fold into the floor. Mm-hmm. And because they've got such a sizable battery in it, uh, that feature isn't there. But if, besides that, it's terrific. It, I think off the top of my head, it's about 30 miles worth of all-EV range. Yeah. And um, they probably are going to try and stuff a, a, a higher-capacity battery into it in the future. Can I hold you on the whole business of, of EVs not taking right. off the way the the industry thought it would right. is it because we're just not fully educated as consumers that when we go to shop for a car people aren't there to help us understand what an ev is and what we need to make it work for us well i think it's a lot of things i think the cart in a way got before the horse because mm-hmm. you know obviously uh, folks like tesla did very well and other early evs did well the early adopters got in them, and you saw them on the road, and you read all the great stories about them. But then the reality started to catch up that maybe the range wasn't as long as you would like to have. True, most people don't get in their car every day and drive 500 miles, but they like to know they can do it pretty much without too much interruption. And the idea of stopping and charging up every couple hundred miles uh, doesn't appeal to a lot of people, and maybe that's gotten overblown. But I think that is the impression people have. And then there's been a lot of stories about when you get to a charger, uh, it may not work. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of, uh, you know, heavy weather like Chicago, uh, the line is long and they charge slower. And uh, and all of this sort of just avalanches into negative publicity. 
and combine that with the fact that the early adopters have already bought their vehicles and that the government incentives are extremely confusing, not only to consumers but to dealers, yeah. uh, there's a lot of roadblocks here. It's eventually going to happen, but maybe just not on the schedule everybody thinks. Yeah. I know one of the yardsticks that uh, Johnny and I used when we were looking at a new car, and, mm-hmm. and, and this may not be everybody's yardstick, but for years we've always thought, okay, if we want to, get in the car in Chicago and drive to our home in Florida, 1,000 mm-hmm. miles, we can do that. With an electric vehicle at this point, <laughs> no, we wouldn't be able to do that, at least not nonstop the way we have done. Yeah. No, I mean, you probably stop, what, three times if, the, if you're doing it, you know, yeah. if that, to get yeah. Yeah. possible, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Uh, we drive up and down the East Coast frequently. I, my wife and I put 650 on a, a vehicle in a day doing that. And we stop twice if we don't have the dogs along. Mm-hmm. With an electric vehicle, you're probably going to be stopping about every, oh, 220, 230 mm-hmm. miles because if you're using a, a what they call a DC fast charger or a level three charger that gets you going pretty quickly. It still takes anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes, which is a lot longer than it takes to fill up a gas tank. Mm-hmm. And the industry's trying to get that lower, but that's pretty much the reality today. And, you know, you've got to find one that works, frankly, and they're usually not in every town. It's yeah. yes. in a pretty sizable city. Uh, to find them. And if you're going off the main highway, mm-hmm. uh, forget it. You know, you're yeah. going to find slow chargers if you find any at all. So that's the dilemma right now. You just don't have them anything close to what we have from, in gas stations. And I think that, I mean, I haven't bought one yet. I get to drive all the new ones, but I've almost uh, bought one twice mm-hmm. and I stopped short because they just didn't reach the kind of range that I need even for weekend trips. We did that yep. exact we, we same did thing exact, you're a year ago. Our song. Yeah, yeah. Yep. a year ago. Yeah. We said, you know, not ready for it just yet. This is the time of the year that uh, I always get kind of excited because you guys come up with the Motor Week Driver's Choice Awards. Well, I thank you, Steve, because we get very excited about <laughs> it. And, and double, not only is it the chance where we pick as the name implies, the driver's choice, the vehicles we like driving the best of the year. But it's also our chance to come to Chicago and present the awards to uh, the manufacturers. And and they get a charge out of it. We get a charge out of it. I must say, when I left yesterday, you know, it, it was a, the high point of the year so far, easily. Very wow, nice. cool. Well, can we roll through some of them? Because uh, sure. you guys start with, what, 150 vehicles that you're looking at to, yeah. to narrow it down to the best in every given category, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we test 150 vehicles, uh, plus or minus, every year. And our categories are designed to actually help the consumers. We, yeah, anything from best family car to best large utility to best EV to best uh, pickup truck in two couple of different categories. And we basically change those depending on what's hot and what's not and what's new. So it's a, a somewhat fluid. And uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, cars themselves, sedans not being as many. And we've condensed our awards from sedans. We used to give uh, up to three awards for sedans. Now it's just one for your mass market sedans. We do a mass family car. And the winner this year was the Honda Accord. It's all new. 
and you can get it both with an internal combustion engine or your gas-electric hybrid. Uh, really, Accords have become this generational vehicle, and I, by that I mean not only is this a new generation Accord, but people pass them down from generation <laughs> to generation in their families because mm-hmm. they're so incredibly reliable. Well, let me stop and, you uh, right the there. Accord stands out. Um, Julian, our producer, almost didn't make it into work tonight because he was at a dealership buying himself a Honda Accord. And you know how you can never go into a dealership and get out in a couple of hours. And so he's like looking at his watch going, I got I got to be at the radio station real soon. I got somewhere to be, man. Yeah. (laughs) So that is the best family sedan. Uh, Next uh, best luxury car. Yes, BMW 5 Series. Now, this is their middle-level sports sport luxury sedan. And, And the reason it gets the award, not only is it the 5 Series is always a wonderful driver's car. But BMW has produced a 5 Series sedan that can take just about any kind of powertrain you want to throw at it. Hmm. The same car can be driven by internal combustion, by hybrid, or by pure electric. Wow. And that means they've been able to take that spirit and thrill and feel of a BMW and put it across all drivetrains. You're basically getting the same car, just a different uh, way to power it. And it just stood out from all the rest in, in that area. Hmm. Uh, also, you got into, uh, let's go back to sedans for a moment, sports sedan. Yep. Sports sedan, and people say, well, what's the difference between the best electric mm-hmm. car and the best sports sedan? Sports sedan puts the sports first, and this is a repeat winner. Uh, it's uh, a very well-priced car. It's the Acura Integra, and the reason we gave it the award two years in a row is they upped the ante for 2024 with what they call their more powerful Type S. Uh, uh, this is a, a, a cousin to the uh, Honda Civic, but it's got much more refinement. It looks totally different. It's very well put together. It's fun to drive. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. And really, it's uh, Acura has brought the Integra name back, and they've made it ever better than ever. And then we get to uh, moving away from sedans. We get to uh, sport coupes, and uh, I wasn't at all surprised at your choice for this. <laughs> well, you know, it's the seventh generation of the Ford Mustang. It still lives. We were worried when Ford brought out the Mustang Mach-E electric vehicle that that maybe Mustang might be headed for the garage for the final time, and they wanted to keep the Mustang name alive. Not true. They have brought out the best internal combustion engine Mustang yet. You can still get a 5-liter V8. Even the four-cylinders got 371 horsepower. And they've also brought out the first new models, livery and Mustangs, in decades with what they call the Dark Horse. <laughs> and they've got a GTD coming, which is basically a race race car. We finished. We took a Dark Horse Mustang to our winter testing facility in Savannah a couple of weeks ago. And it is by far the best handling, fastest Mustang on a racetrack that we've ever driven. Uh, and kudos for Ford. They, the Mustang is alive and well and has got a great future. Well, did I hear that the GTD is priced at 300000 Yes, but it is a race car. 
I mean, you know, and when you think about what goes into a race car, uh, you know, it's it's pretty special. But yeah. so you're getting one for you and your wife? Yeah, no, I think I'm passing out of it. I'll, I'll settle for a dark horse. Thank you very much. I like the name Dark Horse. See, I'm I'm big on names. Um, I would actually look at a Lucid just based on the fact that I love that name for a vehicle. Yeah, and, I'm, and the uh, Lucid Air is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm really curious about the one that you picked for your best performance car. This is the Chevrolet Corvette E-Ray. Okay, General Motors said years ago we're going to go all EV by a certain date, and that includes putting some kind of electrification into the latest, you know, the the Corvette. Mm -hmm. And and the new generation Corvette is easily the best value in a high-performance car in the world. And they followed it up with an even higher performance model called the Z06. And now on top of that, they've put an electric motor in the front axle, and they've given us the first all-wheel drive Corvette in history, and one that is the fastest production Corvette in history, 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. And that front motor not only gets you going, but it also improves the handling. It's it's a genuinely uh, fascinating approach. It's basically a hybrid, but it doesn't operate like a uh, like say a Toyota Prius. Uh, they use the electric motor for acceleration and handling, and it works. And it's a it's a great ride. So, was that one of those cars that you kind of hated to give up the key when it was time for them to pick it up and take it away from it you? Was di- it was difficult for them to pry me out of the drive. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and there was a final award, and this was for best EV. Yes, and we really don't pick one EV. We don't think the market's ready for that, and and we like to cover the waterfront, especially when it comes. Price is very important for us for most of our categories. Mm-hmm. So this year we picked three: uh, the Hyundai Ionic Six, which, if you're familiar with EVs from Hyundai. They did the Ionic 5 SUV, and this is basically a sedan version of that. It's roomy inside. It looks great. Our staff went bonkers for it. Uh, also, the Kia EV9, which is the, which is on display there at the show, and it is the first reasonably priced three-row SUV that's all electric, uh, and it's really the one that kind of broke the mold for EVs this year. And a return winner from a couple of years ago, the Volkswagen ID4, one of the least expensive EVs you can buy, and they've updated it so much and it's made in the U.S. that we thought it deserved to get back on our award roster. So, uh, and, but there are a lot of great EVs where we think those are three that are the best. Then you get to uh, utility vehicles and your best small utility, uh, Mitsubishi scores on this one. Yeah, and, and, and this is not, this came, a lot of people said, where did you get that from? Because, you know, Mitsubishi doesn't have dealers everywhere, and they don't have a huge lineup of vehicles. But this is their Outlander PHEV, which stands for plug-in electric vehicle, like we were talking about earlier. So it's got a battery that's big enough to get you about 35 miles of all-electric driving. Then you've got the gas engine that can take you until basically the gas tank runs dry. And we think this is the perfect smallish SUV for any family that needs one vehicle for short trips and for long trips. And you do it with well over 30 mile per gallon fuel economy. And it's really not that small inside. And what's the price range? Off the top of my head, I think low 40s uh, Hmm. will probably get you into one. 
And coming in the category of best midsize utility, the Jeep Grand Cherokee. I'm not at all surprised. No, I mean when they redid the the Grand Cherokee, brought the crank really basically transformed it into a totally modern vehicle. They did everything. They made it more capable off-road. They made it far more comfortable on-road. They even gave it a plug-in electric uh, powertrain, which has been very popular. But the thing that stands out is the interior. It is one of the best-looking, mm-hmm. nicest interiors of any automobile of any price on the road today. Mm. They just knocked it out of the park as far as interior design. But really, it's the versatility of the vehicle, and they spent a lot of time and energy on the design, and I think it pays off. We came very close to buying the uh, uh, the 4XE. Mm-hmm. That's a terrific vehicle. It's a terrific vehicle. That powertrain's proved itself in the Wrangler, and now it's proving itself in the Grand Cherokee, and they got a lot of plans for it i'm going to tell you something it's just awful i know this i i I shouldn't even admit it but i wanted to back away from that vehicle because it is was completely loaded in this caramel color interior and i looked at steve and i said it looks like poo poo i can't live in this car (laughs) i can't it's a four by e or what yes yeah and it was and and the salesman was like look at this gorgeous caramel color and i'm going "Uh and that's a case of you either love the color or hate it i I loved it johnny no i said i can't live in here (laughs) don't you remember when every italian car about 30 years ago came through that color interior yes 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 Yes. i mean when you when i first saw it i said my God, did we go on a time warp? <laughs> yes, the exactly. Products of the 80s. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We're going to ask you for the, um, the the final one in this category of SUVs, and that's your biggie, and that is a Toyota, isn't it? The Highlander? Yes, and this is the Toyota Grand, High, Grand Highlander. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a true three-row uh, SUV, uh, car-based SUV. It's their largest. Uh, what we call crossover utility they make. But contrary to a lot of people's thought, it is not just a stretched Highlander. It's an all-new chassis. Uh, you, excuse me, you can get both uh, normal and you know internal combustion engine and two different hybrid systems with it. Very roomy inside, a very nice-looking vehicle. So nice that we hear people are having to wait months to get them, mm. and dealers are charging quite a bit of money above list price. So if you want one, wait a little while till the supply gets better. But it's a, it, it competes with vehicles that I also like a great deal, like the Hyundai Palisade and the Telluride uh, from Kia. Mm-hmm. We're going to skip a couple vehicles and suggest that people go to uh, your website, uh, motorweek.org, and they can uh, look for the Driver's Choice Awards. But I want to get to the best of the year. What oh, what could the best of the year <laughs> vehicle be? John, what was it? It is that Ford Mustang. <laughs> and a lot of people said, what? You pick something that impractical for best of the year? For all the reasons we talked about earlier, the Mustang rose to the top, and it was an easy, unanimous choice by our staff. Fun to drive, great car, and thank you, Ford, for delivering the best Mustang ever. After all, first American pony car is now the last American pony car. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, John, and I hope that you know our door is open on Saturday nights. You're welcome to stop by here anytime. Any chance you're going to be heading back to Chicago anytime in the near future? 
Only if you do another 60-degree day before spring. <laughs> okay, we'll talk. Yeah, right now it's, it's, it's not probably, uh, the answer is probably not, but, you know. Yeah. You're luring me back, and that's a great temptation. Well, well, and I can promise you that I will speak for Johnny. If you come back into the studio, there might be some brownies in your future. <laughs> oh, no, I'm really, boy, I'm hungry, too. I, you know Thank what? You. That's one of the problems with the Saturday night show. We'll start talking about food, and we just, it, it's sad. It really is. <laughs> We're going to let you. such a good cook. Oh, well, I don't, I don't bring treats in here with us, because if we eat, them, we'll get sleepy. <laughs> That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. You're on the East Coast. We're going to let you go, but please know that you're welcome here anytime. And we want folks to go to motorweek.org and watch you on TV into the 44th year of Motorweek. 43rd year. 43rd. Let me give a shout out to anybody that didn't see the WGN TV uh, auto show special last night. I'm sure it's going to be up on the on their website yes. probably by Monday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good chance to see what the auto shows like before you have to actually go. Good call. Thank you, John. Take Thanks, care. John. It's always fun to Good talk night, to you. Good night. That's John Davis, host of TV's Motor Week. And again, go to motorweek.org. And uh, you can find where to see John. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all over the country. Uh, it's on, on your PBS um, stations. On PBS stations on uh, Motor Trend TV. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, I want to repeat real quick. I said tomorrow, or uh, Sunday, uh, the big game day. If you choose to go to the auto show, uh, crowds might be smaller during yeah. game time. Uh, if you show up with any kind of sports clothing, uh, you get five bucks off your seventeen dollar ticket for adults. Uh, seniors are twelve dollars, age sixty two and older, and twelve dollars for kids four to twelve years old. Our thanks again to John Davis, and, and again, uh, go to uh, MotorWeek dot org, and you can find where you can see John in your area. Uh, we've been talking about the Chicago Auto Show, and <laughs> earlier this week on Facebook. We posted, go, go to uh, Facebook.com slash Stephen Johnny Show, and we posted some pictures from the days when Johnny was the traffic maven here at WGN Radio, and also from the days when uh, Johnny was a co-host of Channel 9's coverage of the Chicago Auto Show. Oh, those were the days. 13, 14, I think one time we had a 16-hour day. Yeah. Because we would go in there on the Friday before the the big uh, black tie shindig, mm-hmm. uh, before the show opened. And in fact, it would be laying carpet uh, sometimes when we were there, where cameras were working around the setup of the auto show. In fact, one of the big differences, unlike what you see now from all of the Chicago stations, mm-hmm. Where they're they're doing mostly a live thing with some cut-ins. Back in the day, you would be pre-recording just about everything, and it was being edited right down to right, the time right down, that it was going to exactly. Air. It, the joke was that there were times when it was run down the hall and put in the machine to air. 
Literally. From the that, editing that, that's room not an down the hall. Yeah, because when you have 14 hours worth of video and you're trying to work it out. So in our case, uh, I was co host with um, Bob Collins for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And finally, Bob said, I'm not doing it anymore. I may be the morning man, but this is cruel and unusual mm-hmm. punishment. And I think what broke him was the time that um, he was allergic to the makeup that they put on him and his face swelled up and he was leaving the auto show and going right to the airport to fly to Hawaii and his um, first few days of his vacation really stunk because Mm. his face was all swollen and of course he didn't want to wear a tuxedo and they wanted him to get dressed Mm -hmm. up and so he would say I'll wear a sport coat so there I was running around in in like one of the pictures of Bob Mackey original and he's wearing a sport coat and again you can go to our Facebook page and you'll see the pictures of that couple pictures of Johnny. One is this wonderful uh, sweater she had that had traffic all over the, like cars on roads. Little cars. On the, uh, on the sweater. Uh, on the back, too. So yeah. if you tried to sit back in your chair, you had cars that were kind of, but I did it for I did it for the cause. You know, I was the traffic maven. I was like, yeah, this is the best shirt ever. And I'm going to wear it next Saturday for the show. Oh, cool. And then the other uh, picture is uh, Johnny... When she was co-hosting, and it's a picture of Johnny in this Bob Mackey dress, and I will never forget that, Yep, because that was a long taping day, and it was a designer Bob Mackey dress, and the producers of the show didn't want Johnny to sit down because it would wrinkle the dress. So no. when we the exact words were, you'll leave a butt mark. So when there was a yeah. break, rather than being able to sit down, Johnny would come over and, and lean, lean on me. Yeah, I would lean on you. And and it, it was so painful that there were times I'd say, you have to go into the restroom with me because I, I have to take the dress off and you mm-hmm. have to hold it. And I have to walk in a stall yep. and breathe. And then I'll put the dress back on again. It was uh, a dress that later that year, Cher wore that dress. It was mm-hmm. his nude and sequin dress. Yep. And they said, we think you should wear this. And I said, oh, well, okay. But again, there I am in this 2000 I think it was a $2,500 dress. But didn't you look it up and now the price has gone up if you want to buy that now? $4,500 today. Okay. Yeah. And you still will get a butt mark if you sit down in it. So if you buy it for $4,500, you have to stand around for the entire time that you're wearing that dress. Uh, (laughs) Tell me I didn't love my job as traffic maven. We'll be back on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. How many times have we played that song? Well, since it's on the list of my top five songs of all time, probably thousands. Since we're looking at our 39th year here at WGN, and before that we were in rock radio, and the Ides of March have been around, oh, for a few decades. In fact, I I couldn't believe when we were were, uh, talking about having Jim Peterick on. Jim, is it really 60 years? It is, Steve and Johnny. Johnny and Steve, thanks for having me on, you guys. Sure. Can you even believe it? Do you pinch yourself? 60 years. What? 
I, I I know it 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 seems more like fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, serious question. You you, you yeah. always knew you wanted to be a musician. In your wildest dreams, when you started out doing this, did you ever think, yeah, sixty years from now, I'm still going to be doing this? <laughs> We had no master plan. I think that's the difference um, between now and then. I mean, then we didn't think about that. We just thought about the next dance, Mm -hmm. the next sock up, the next show. There was no career plan. It just took its course, you know. And and now a lot of young bands, they try to strategize it and... It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you were just barely into your teens, right? Right. You Wait. know, the song you just let off with, mm-hmm. if, if I could just uh, mention this, man, that still sounds good. It and, does. And, and, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my God! I was 18 when, when I wrote that, uh-huh. and uh, we recorded it in in uh, you know, well, it was 69, mm-hmm. and I was trying to win my uh, girlfriend back who dumped me, and um, she started calling me for rides, and um, you know, I all of a sudden I go, wait a minute, uh, this is I'm, I'm I'm not getting anything. <laughs> And in 1970, it became a multi-platinum hit. Do you remember the first time you heard it on the radio? I I almost um, had, a, had had a crash up. Okay, I was going going west on I-55, and and I think it was Art Roberts said, and this was the the day right after it debuted. It was I guess people were saying, I just heard your your song on the radio. I go yeah yeah yeah. Well, I was going. Down I-55 towards St. Louis, that direction. And Art Roberts, I believe it was Art Roberts, said, mm-hmm. new from the Ides of March vehicle. Ba-da-ba-ba. I just about went off the road. I mean, well, I, I, look, look, suddenly I was going like 85 yeah. down I-55. Seriously. Well, and, I- and for anybody too young to remember, Art Roberts, a legendary disc jockey, uh, back in the 60s at the once big 89. Mm-hmm. Now, you're a car guy, too. Do you remember what you were driving when you heard your song for the first time on the radio? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, my 1964 Plymouth Valiant. Oh. Cool. Yeah. No, not so cool. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, uh, my my dear cousin, Leslie, who was, was a male who, who passed away, he uh, he didn't will the car to me, but his family gave it to me. And this was a mid-condition 64 Valiant. And this was, you know, 
in, in, I was driving that ever since I got it in, in 67, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, 65. Well, let's not argue. Early, you know. Mm-hmm. It was mint condition. And then, of course, I had to put the the big tires on and jacked it up in the back. No. Yeah, really ruined it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I said Jim is a car guy. We were going through pictures today, and we got this great picture of us sitting in the in the back seat of your, 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 red, your red and white Corvette convertible. Hell, yeah. Still got that. <laughs> of course, and you gave me that great painting, which oh. still hangs in my studio, of the the Corvette and the uh, the other orange one. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, that, um, and that painting was done by Frank Piler, who is now the publisher of Collectible Automobile. Uh, right. Frank is a wonderful, wonderful art artist. Uh, oh, my. Well, please tell him it, it graces my studio. Yeah, we have to tell so him that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because he did this uh, amazing thing where he actually made the, the, the lake that the cars are sitting by. If you look at it, you realize it's in the shape of a guitar. Yeah. And he did all these little secret little things. And he did it like yeah. in Prisma pencils. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. And, and, of course, I noticed the shape of the leg. Everything was perfect. Well, well thank you for the, that. You yeah. know, it was a great gift. Well, thank you for all the good music over the years. And it's amazing that you guys are still going strong. We want to mention that you've got a show coming up on the Ides of March, right? Yes. And this That's is a biggie. This is a biggie, and it's a, a wonderful place. We love the acoustics at the Norris Cultural Arts Center. And you're going to be selling, celebrating your 60th anniversary with a big orchestra. So tell us about this. Well, yeah, you, you mentioned our, uh, March 15th, 60th anniversary with Symphony, the Norris Cultural Arts Center in St. Charles. Uh, it's really something. I mean, we're we'll, we're already. I mean, we we heard the arrangements. Um, we did the symphony show once outdoors last year, but you know, in the context of of the North Center, the acoustics, mm-hmm. and and the whole orchestra is going to be set up on stage with us. Oh wow! Not behind us. Yeah, it's it's all going to be because it's a very wide stage. And Larry and, and and Bob went over there and realized that the riser they would get lost. If the riser wasn't high enough, so we're all on one level. It's going to be amazing. Do you know how how big the orchestra is? How many people? I don't. That's a great question. I don't, I don't want to lie and, and make up something, but I'll, I'll find out. Okay, well, that, that's pretty impressive, though, if, with them behind you. And you're going to have your horn section, of course, with the Ides. And then of you're going to still have to have room to move around there on that stage. Uh, that, that, i got to tell you, Joe, I'm getting chills just thinking about this, just hearing that uh, that horn riff with a whole big orchestra, orchestra behind, behind you guys. You. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big whoa, for sure. Um, <laughs> there, there's the review. The, the, this concert is a big, big whoa. whoa. <laughs> well, that, that's fine. As long as you say it right, whoa. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to put two, two exclamation points on it. But uh, prior to that, I just wanted to mention uh, February 16th and 17th, uh, we're at uh, Hainani in Arlington Heights. Uh, that's going to be uh, Jim, Larry, Bob, Mike, and Scott. We call it the Jive Five, but it's the Ides of March uh, w- without the brass. Uh, and that's going to be February 16th and 17th uh, at, at Hainani in Arlington Heights. 
And then the, the, the following Sunday, um, oh, oh, our guest, by the way, Colin Peterick, you might have heard of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's amazing. Well, uh, of course, I would say he's amazing, but he is. He is. And also, Dan, yeah, Dan Bucker, the boys, who's just a classic uh, Chicago artist. And then February 19th, that same uh, uh, amalgamation is at Chicago Street Theater in Valparaiso, Indiana. Uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, hey, Nami, congratulations to them because they're really making a name for themselves, bringing in super acts. And it's nice that there is yet another venue for groups like the Jive Five, the Ides Without the Horns. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back and talk more about the history of the Ides of March celebrating 60 years, believe it or not. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with Jim Peterick, the driving force behind the Ides of March. You should go to theidesofmarch.com or jimpeterick.com. And and Jim, I'm going to completely segue because I was looking at something on your website, on jimpeterick.com, and I'm curious. Uh, Now, this isn't until... Next year, but you're doing something called Concerts at Sea? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, I don't know the whole lineup, but all I know is it, it's a week at sea, a uh, bunch of different islands, a, different, a bunch of different ports of call, and we're playing the whole time uh, with many, many, many great artists, uh, you know, in, including Chubby Checker, who you know. Oh. Gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and so many others, uh, you know, it, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of you performing with other artists, a listener from 847 Area Code said, Jim has collaborated with one of my favorite artists, Kathy Richardson. I want to thank and compliment him for the many wonderful songs that they have created. And thank you for actually discovering Kathy. Yeah. At a gas station, uh, right, Jim? Well, yeah, her dad was—I think he was the owner of the gas station. Uh-huh. But and uh, and we met as—I think he was pumping my gas. <laughs> but he, he actually said, "You know, uh, my daughter sings," and I'm going, "Oh God." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that one. He says, "No, no, really, you know." And he gave me the card, but but of of Kathy's uh, attorney friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this great gal who who passed away recently, but anyway, she called me and said, "No, really, you've got to hear this girl. She was eighteen years old, mm-hmm. and she came over to my house like a scared rabbit, so cute, right up the stairs of, of the very studio. And still, I I was even at in those days." And very shy, and she had her guitar and took it out. And I said, well, and Larry was there by the board, like always. (laughs) (laughs) And I I said, well, let's hear something. And she started playing these songs. I'm going, oh, my God, this Mm -hmm. is super talent. And she started getting more and more emboldened and singing louder. And I'm going, okay, here we go, you know. And I produced her first album called Moon and a Banana, and it's still a classic, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my all-time favorite songs by anybody 
is her version of Cadillac Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, she blew like the roof that. off the place here uh, when she recorded yeah. uh, when she performed it uh, live on the radio. Uh, we mentioned that you're going to be celebrating your 60th with the Ides at the Norris Cultural Arts Center on the Ides of March. And a listener from 630 says, I just wanted to let you know I and my family attended the outdoor show in Addison with the orchestra last year with the Ides of March. And it was phenomenal. It will give you chills, leaves you <laughs> speechless. Thank you for that performance. And so happy that you're going to be doing it again well wow she's she's my best spokesperson i'll tell you that (laughs) well you know speaking of she we started out with um a little bit of vehicle and of course as you said that was life-changing for you because that was a multi-platinum hit it it settled in there at the Mm -hmm. the top of the billboard hot 100 for quite some time it really got you guys um a lot of momentum as a young band but as you said you were inspired to write that song because you were the vehicle for this young girl. And as we approach Valentine's Day... <laughs> Isn't there a story to be told there, the yeah, rest yeah, of the story? Do you want to share a little bit of uh, of the vehicle story? Oh, my God. Um, okay, I'm going to have to truncate it just a little bit, because it usually <laughs> takes about 30 minutes, 45 minutes to tell. But uh, in a nutshell, uh, I, I, went, I was tr- trying to get up courage to ask this one girl at, at Morton West to go to uh, the Turtles concert, but I couldn't screw up the courage. So I went stag, and I, I, I put my blue pea coat on with the hood, and I <laughs> drove my Valiant, parked right in front of uh, 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 Riverside Brookfield High School, and my Valiant was right in front, and I was one of the first people in line. And then what I call a gaggle of girls, which to me is three or four, <laughs> you know, no more, no less, a gaggle of girls appear, and oh my God, everyone was as cuter than the next. And I'm just looking at them going, oh my God, look at these girls. They're so cute. It turns out they're all from Nazareth, and they were all there. But there was one girl that really stood out, and um, she was kind of looking down with her blue eyes, and she had her hair swept back, and she had orange culottes on. Oh. And um, <laughs> knee, knee socks and what they used to call clunkies yeah. for saddle shoes. Oh, my God. And I'm going, this is a, a typical stuck-up Nazareth girl. She'll never talk to me. And she turned to me and goes, aren't you Peterick? Not Jim. Aren't you Peterick? I go, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, I, I, I just saw the eyes of March with the new Colony 6 at, at Morton West Fieldhouse. And this is before the word awesome. You guys were great. And I go, there is a God. <laughs> <laughs> and we started chatting, and pretty soon we were sitting together, you know, the whole phalanx of these four girls. And I'm next to Karen, and about halfway through Happy Together, believe it or not, she puts her culotted leg on top of my leg. Oh. And and Jan Iverson goes, Karen, and and Karen goes, that's okay. I trust him. And you know what? She could, and it was amazing. And it wouldn't let me take her home because her dad says no. And uh, so the girls they walked home. It was just across the street from from RB where where they're staying at uh, Karen Casillas' house. And, and <laughs> these details they, they're all in my mind. You know, mm-hmm. it was magical. 
And I said, I'll call you tomorrow. Well, I couldn't get up the nerve. And it was a great thing because she was wondering, isn't he going to call? Well, I let some days go by. And uh, I called her on Monday. And she was like, well, it's about time. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I said, great. Okay. I couldn't. And I I fell on the sword and said, I was so nervous. And it's true. I couldn't get up the courage till today to call you. And that's, it, it worked. So you were honest, yeah. So how, I was, it was called, called honesty, yeah. How long was it before you got married? Well, that was April 9th, uh, in 1968. We got to, uh, married in 1972, uh, and uh, it was September 2nd. So, you know, we waited a bit, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, we just had a, a great wedding. We flew right out to Hawaii uh, the, the day of the reception. And just had a wonderful honeymoon on three different islands, and never forget it. <laughs> and it's fun. To, anytime we have seen you two together, it seems like you're still on the honeymoon. There is something yeah. special with you and Karen. You're it's, so it's, cute. It's just uh, after fifty something years, it's amazing. Uh, I know. Yes. Fifty-one years. She yeah. sends her love. She's. Um, sleeping right now (laughs) well we're going to ask you just to sit tight we're going to take a break and come back we want to talk about some new music yeah we're going to play a little bit of a of a new song and we'd like you to uh fill us in on uh some of the specifics of uh what's going on so something special by jim peterick so stay with us at wgn radio Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with Jim Peterick, uh, he of the Ides of March fame. And we've been talking about their 60th anniversary. But Jim is always working on new things. Always. And Jim, explain to us what we just heard. I love that. Who is that? What is that? What's going on? Well, I'm so glad you like it. It, it sounded even good over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> This is a song that I wrote with Larry Millis. You might know him. Yeah. Uh, known him since third grade. Uh, the, actually, the co-founder of the Ides of March, he and Bob Berglund recruited, recruited me. So the, we became the, the three Ides of March and then built from there. But um, like I said, uh, I've known Larry since third grade, Bob Berglund since Cub Scouts. And uh, and then Mike Borch, he's the new guy in seventh grade that we added um it, it was just and we call it you know the core four but you know scott may has been with us now for 33 years mm. but yeah, yeah larry and i wrote this song last dream home and uh we played it for don and he flipped out he said well i, I want to change a couple of lyrics i don't want run on, run on credit you know i, I said okay well, well we'll mention it in the liner notes but yeah he um he added some different lyrics here and there and improved the song, and Larry and I were, were uh, really happy with, with the subtle changes he made. Okay, time out. Uh, yeah. Time out. Don who? Okay. 
Oh, oh, John Barnes of 38 Oh, okay. We All didn't right. know that. We were just waiting for the big unveiling. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, John you, you, Barnes. you buried the lead. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, oh, man. I mean, no, nobody, um, he, he has such a distinctive voice. He yeah. Has, you know, all all his great hits, Hold On Loosely and Caught Up in You, and sure. on and on. That, that was him, you know, at age 24, and now, you know, he's 44. <laughs> uh, no, but actually, <laughs> just like I am. But, uh, I mean, he came into town to sing that vocal and made a couple of lyric changes. And, yeah, it, it's, it's terrific. There's a video for Last Dream Home as well uh, to look it up. Uh, that's the... the the other video for that album is um, Kevin Cronin and I uh, with Dangerous Combination, which we wrote together, and there's a video for that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really cool cool album, Roots and Shoots Volume 1. Well, I've got to say that this is a, a great example of how music keeps you young. Yeah. Because I'm going to be very honest with you, not knowing that that was Don Barnes, I thought you were going to tell us that this was a new find, some 18, 20-year-old kid that you found. I'm very serious. Because you you guys still have the voice. There's no age there. No, Don is is ageless. Uh, I call him DB, but DB is is ageless. And I'll tell him you said that. He... uh, he sang that at eleven o'clock in the morning too. Oh. He says, well, I'm, "I got to warm up here, you know." I got, <laughs> yeah. Half hour later, he sang what you heard. It was, it wow! Was wow! Yeah, you know, well, one of the things that amazes me, and I know we've talked about this before, but as long as you've been doing this, you're still excited about doing this. Hell yeah! Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Because you oh are God, excited. Yeah. I, I, I'm so excited about it, just like I was when I was um, 15. We had You Wouldn't Listen, as you remember. Mm-hmm. And it, it premiered in, in, in um, I guess it was 66. And You Wouldn't Listen went to number 7 in Chicago and number 42 on Billboard. And, you know, a little taste of that is all you need to say, okay, we did it once, let's keep going. But you do something, that, and I know we've talked about this before, but but I want to come back to it because it's one of the things that, that always impresses me about your approach to music. You never, ever, ever lapse into Las Vegas territory. There are too many artists that have been doing this for more than a day and a half that laps into Las the Vegas, yeah. they they dumb down the songs, they do short medleys. No, every time you do it, it's full out, it's yeah. the full version, <laughs> it's blasting, it's exciting. And I, I have to give you a huge round of applause for keeping that excitement 60 years down the road. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen that too many times when a, an artist will go Vegas and do, start doing medleys and mm-hmm. knocking it out. and No names mentioned, but it happens. And uh, that's just not me. It's not the eyes. It's not anything I'm involved with, you know, and uh, it never will be. Mm-hmm. A listener says, I remember the eyes playing dances at St. Joseph's High School in Westchester way back when, and I still love their music. 
Boy, it's amazing the, I, the the feedback we've got from people from all corners today because we've got so many people that listen to us on Saturday night from around the country. And they're saying, you know, I'm a transplant and I live in Nebraska and I grew up with the Ides and this is so cool. I can't believe I get to hear Jim on the radio tonight. Well, you guys have been my, my, uh, my friends and some of the big, big, biggest boosters always through the years. And... Um, we go back. You we know? do. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> uh, and we're still, you know, still loving it. It's like in hearing your voices. Yes. You're as excited about what you do as I am. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's very true. Because uh, quite honestly, none of us has to do what we're doing. We do it because we really enjoy exactly. doing it. <laughs> And and how lucky are uh, how lucky are all of us to be at that point where no we don't we really don't have, have to, to do, do this it. we're doing it because we enjoy it and and you're doing the same thing and, and isn't that the way it's always been for us you know we never had to do it well maybe more in the old days you know mm-hmm. when we were you know eking out a, a living or whatever but for many years we did it for the love of you know we were practicing what we knew how to do best yeah you know. And uh, and we're still doing it. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that amazes me about you is how you successfully juggle so many different. Pro- I mean, every time we talk to Jim, it's okay. Well, there are Tuesdays, then Wednesday, and then yeah. there's the yeah. other. And then the, oh, oh by the way, I'm doing a calendar too while we're at it. I'm going to do a speaking engagement, and yeah. <laughs> oh well, there, then there's one thing I, I didn't add, uh, and I'll add it now because Mindy Aber is our all of our dear friends. That's oh, we right. love Mindy. And yeah, I know. Well, we're doing a show together on March 16th. It's actually the day after uh, the Ides of Symphony. And uh, it's going to be at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. And uh, it's going to be amazing. And uh, Mindy and I are right now just putting the set together. And, you know, I'm her special guest, so it's really her show. But this is going to be fun. Hey, we got to get Mindy in the studio. It's been yeah. too long since we've seen her. Well, when we saw well, you guys last, it was down in Florida. I know. Well, she's coming to the Genesee, so you know how to get a hold of her. Yeah, and yeah. I know she'd love to talk to you guys. Can I just tell a quick story about when you were down in Florida? <laughs> um, well, well, yeah. I, I'm going to say, can we take a break, and then yeah. we'll come back and we'll, we'll tell the, the Florida story, because yes. it was one of those moments <laughs> that we will never, ever forget. So stay with us. More with Jim Peterick coming up. Steve King and Johnny Putnam at WGN Radio, the Ides of March. You wouldn't listen. We're talking with Jim Peterick. Uh, that still sounds good today. Oh, it does. It just makes me smile. Okay, so there we were in Panama City Beach, Florida. Jim was Mindy Abar's guest for the Jazz Fest. And we were tickled because Jim was in our part of Florida, and so we, were, we took him to our, our our favorite restaurant, right? Boondocks, which is literally down in the Boondocks. It's under a bridge. Now, Jim, I'm going to set the stage. Okay, you yeah. with with your skinny rock and roll legs were wearing skin tight jeans. You were wearing a pair of a leopard boots, cowboy boots, with your jeans yeah. tucked inside. You had a form fitting teeny tiny t shirt on, a large piece of silver jewelry. You had your purple hair just rocking out with that purple hair and we walk into this little place 
under a bridge down in the boondocks and it's a friday night and the place is hopping and the owner hillary greets us we introduce you and mindy and she's just tickled to meet you and as we're walking back through the restaurant jim you probably don't remember this there was a table of good old boys over in the corner and it was kind of weird because we got a vibe like uh oh there, there was a little tension that they're we all picked up on from that table they're looking at the peacock walking through the restaurant the guy the dude with the purple hair who does he think he is and then i realized that the woman who owns the restaurant is a diehard auburn fan and i said hillary this is jim peterick he wrote the eye of the tiger and she, yeah. what? And she got weak in the knees. And, and Jim she, starts singing the Eye of the Tiger in the middle of the restaurant. And thank goodness that table of good old boys were all Auburn fans. And they all melted. And, and you could physically, the, 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 oh. the room shifted. It was one of those moments. And one of the guys stood up. He was about 400 pounds, big old beer belly. He stands up and goes, that's Jim Peterick. Set that man up with anything he wants. And he went, oh, we will live to tell this story. <laughs> Literally. It was amazing. Well, you know, I had to convert them. You did. <laughs> right there on the spot. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Jim, I know you were oblivious to the fact that there was tension in that room, but, buddy, you worked it beautifully. Uh, you know, you... you, you yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of immune to that. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, watch this, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. It's one of my favorite stories. I get more mileage out of it because I love to talk about your skinny rock and roll legs. You and Keith, uh, you, you and Mick Jagger have the skinniest legs in rock and roll. Yeah, it, 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 it's all a part of the look, you know? Yes. You know? <laughs> Well, but, no, that, that's a great story. I, I do remember the moment. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, nothing phases me. You know that. Yes, yes. That's when you were down there to play the Seabreeze Jazz Fest yes. at, uh, at oh, Pier Park. That was amazing. I mean, I made so many fans that, yeah. that day. I mean, well, not just me, but, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of women of color who thought I was pretty cool. <laughs> And I thought that was very cool. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. He's, he's cute. You know, oh, man. Well, you know what? Because you know how to dress. And so that also helps, too. Because, well, I, in fact, I've always bonded with you on the whole wardrobe thing. I'm like, what What do you got lately that's really cool, Jim? As a matter of fact, we, we need to post a picture of the fringe coat yes. that, uh, that we sent oh. you. Yes. I, I love that coat. I mean, you gave me a few things, but that's. Some didn't fit this coat. Everybody, I, I wear it all the time. Yeah, it, I, I sent a photo of me with it. Now, that was from a, a, a rock, not a rocker, but a performer, right? A, a, a girlfriend of mine used to be in the Kenny Rogers backup group. And oh uh, during that time, she was doing the whole, you know, cowboy boots and the fringe jackets. And yep. she had moved on and had become a hairdresser. And she said, I think these are more you now. And she gave me these coats. And I, this one black fringe coat, I put it on. And I looked to Steve and I said, I couldn't wear this. This has Jim Peter written all over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it does. I, I love that coat. Karen loves the coat. I've worn it out to dinner. Oh, that's too funny. Coat Meredith. Yeah, 
it's really a special coat. So, and the length is incredibly, it's, it's so long. Yes, I love yes. It. And my girlfriend, oh my gosh, Marilyn, she said, well, you know what? I can die now. This yeah. is this is the greatest oh. thing ever. Yep. She was <laughs> well, a happy Marilyn, camper. I and I love her coat. That's and too thank funny. Thank you. Well, folks can see you on uh, this Friday. So if you don't get to go out for Valentine's Day on Wednesday night, then make it a Friday night and get out to Hey Nani's in Arlington Heights because it's going to be uh, the Jive Five. So this is the Ides without the horns. But your kid, your fabulous, talented son, Colin Peterk, is going to be with you on Friday, right? Yes, he is, and, and Dan Buck of the boys. So yeah. It's going to be Friday and uh, uh, Thursday. Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, uh, it's the Hey Nani. Wait, wait, wait. Thursday, wait, wait, wait. Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Yeah. Thursday is the 15th. Friday's the 16th. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I know we don't, we're not playing Saturday, but we're playing uh thursday and friday okay. and then sunday in valparaiso yeah. all right all right well we'll we'll get that all straightened out and put it up on so our go, facebook so page go to too. jim's website or yes. the ides of march website and look at their their tour schedule and, you'll and see it there. Yeah. if you want to see yeah. the ides celebrating their 60th on the ides of march you got to get your tickets now and they're going to be with a full orchestra at the norris cultural arts center in st charles and that's a fabulous venue too it's it's going to be uh, well. We're, we're really looking forward to it. So yeah, thanks for having me on. You guys have oh. always been the best. Well, oh well b- before we let you go, Jim, I have to ask: uh, What is your guitar total up to now? No, don't let me go until I talk about my guitar collection, please. Um, <laughs> well, I you know I, I sent out I'm sending out the Deadwood. What I'm trying to say is I'm keeping the really valuable. Uh, I call well. 240 really cool <gasps> things and I'm, I'm kind of you know giving away to charity and selling off some of the, uh, the things that were flashy but I could actually do more good at, for, with a charity or yeah. just selling it off and uh, but the 240 I could, it's like the 240 Z I used to have I love the 240 <laughs> And I'm adding valuable things that really mean something to me, maybe by a rate of about two a year. Karen's policy is sell to or give away to and buy to. Mm. Okay, dear. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And see, you need to use the shoe argument with her. Oh, stop it. Because I've told, oh, this is, Johnny has hundreds of pairs of shoes. And boots. Oh, and boots, really? I and and I don't yeah. have nearly that many guitars, so I need to buy more <laughs> oh, guitars to keep up. To keep up, yes. Mm-hmm. Good, good luck. Yes. Equal that. Uh, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like I like the idea that you're sharing though, because that's that's really wonderful. And people uh, obviously there's value to your guitars, and uh, oh. if you can do it for you know a charity somewhere, that's awesome. Well, Jim. Uh, I, I, I do that. One last thing, yeah. to, uh, uh, to, to Steve. Do you still have the, the wonderful red two forty five? Is it? No, no. It's in three fifty five. Yes, three fifty five TD. Oh, well, I'm good. Of course, it is. Mm-hmm. And for the guitar geeks uh, in the house, yeah. it is a nineteen fifty nine. I'm the only owner. I've had it since it was born, and it's not going any place. Especially when well. I looked at. The, the value now in vintage guitar, oh, 
and I, yes. yeah, I, it's it's not going anyplace. Go, regardless of value, no. it's never going anyplace. <laughs> That's right. No, no, it's a ma- magical, magical guitar. I love that guitar. Yeah. Well, we love you, Jim, and thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. And and give oh, Karen a hug for us. I will, and she she sends her love, and I said, they're going to ask about the story of how we met, and she said, (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) Well, happy Valentine's Day, you lovebirds. Thank you. Thank you, and you lovebirds, too. Also, happy Val Day. Appreciate it. Take care, Jim. Uh, Thanks, Jim. That's Jim Peterick, Ides of March. You can go to uh, com. That's theidesofmarch.com or jimpeterick.com. Mm-hmm. And you can see the schedule. You can see pictures. Uh, it's hard to keep up with him. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a wonderful schedule because he does love every minute of it. And, and it comes through on stage. Yeah, and I wasn't kidding. He never does the no. uh, lapses into no. Las Vegas mode. He's nope. always 110%. Full we got more coming up. Uh, we're going to segue you to uh, computers with Patrick Crispin, so stay with us at WGN Radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That, that, that is probably becoming my favorite computer rock song. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, rock something before the night's over with. <laughs> that... Uh, for those of you that are asking, that's Beck. And oh, no it's one's asking. Com- it, uh, no. Oh, the, the, no. It's dumb. Sc- scores of people are dumb. asking about this. Beck is so much more than that piece of <laughs> dreck. Beck and the dreck. How's that? Wow. What a lead into a little segment on computers. and. But before before we segue to computers, really quickly, we should mention we were talking with Jim Peterick of the Eyes mm-hmm. of March about that wonderful leather fringe coat. It was and, given to me, yeah. and I said to you when I put it on, oh, I love it, but this just shouts Jim Peterick, yeah. packed it up and mailed it to him. It's vintage. It's from like 1973. Oh, my. Wow. And it had been worn. By a, a member of Kenny Rogers' band who became a friend of mine because she left showbiz and became a, a, um, a hairstylist. And um, she gave it to me because she said, that's her past life. And mm-hmm. then I said, no, Jim deserves it. And so you'll see a picture of him on our Facebook page wearing said vintage hokey smokes 50 years old that jet that coat is because it's full length and it's real leather but it look at it's it, him it's absolutely it looks like it was made for him yep. so go to facebook.com slash steve and johnny show and you will see a great picture in fact that should be an album cover that picture should <laughs> be an right. album cover for jim <laughs> yes 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 uh, we had uh our last conversation with patrick crispin was last week and uh, normally, it would be a couple weeks before uh, Patrick was back on with us, but there's so much stuff going on, including this big game that's happening. Yes, yes, yes. And last week when we introduced Patrick, we talked about the weather. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Hello there. This week, we need to spend a moment and talk about the fact that Patrick was in the dentist chair. Yeah. <laughs> when what happened, Patrick? So here, here's the story, and, and uh, like a lot of people, my dental health was not very good during the pandemic. I didn't go for regular cleanings, mm-hmm. and now I'm 
paying the price literally and figuratively. So I go to the dentist on Friday, and um, so that's you know nightmare scenario number one. I'm at the dentist. <laughs> right. Nightmare scenario number two is the dentist is using the drill because mm. you know okay. Mm-hmm. So this is bad enough as it is, and then all of a sudden. I feel the dental chair rocking. We were having an earthquake while the dentist was using the dental drill. Oh, Nightmare uh, scenario huh. number three. Ooh. This literally happened to me. I'm not making this up. <laughs> that hurt me when I read it because it's, yeah. You felt the earthquake. It was a what on the the uh, seismic scale? It was a four. It was a four point six, mm-hmm. and it was about seven miles northwest of Malibu. And I was Ooh. basically in downtown Los Angeles, uh, just wow. in University Park. So yeah, we felt it, and it was just like okay. Fortunately, the guy stopped drilling. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> and, like, and, and I hope that uh, that he had you properly medicated at that point. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I was numbed up, but, you know, of course, I'm sitting there with a dental dam and going, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> and my first reaction was, you took this as a sign from the heavens that you had to run, but you said, no, you weren't able to run at that point. No, I was I was kind of stuck there for, for, for a little while. So, wow. But, that's that. Uh, this is a true nightmare scenario. Yeah. Now, 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 I have to ask, what time of the day did this happen? It was about one forty mm-hmm. in oh. the afternoon. See, see, I thought it might have been a little later, like two thirty. Oh, yes. This is the best time to go to the dentist. <laughs> oh, that's two thirty. Thirty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do not start with the tooth puns. Hear me. Do not. Oh, I've, I've got I've got a bunch. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> when you I've got, got my fill. Oh. <laughs> Can we bridge the gap between the insanity <laughs> of puns? And this uh, big game tomorrow yes. that uh, some yes. people uh, may have a, a little bit of Wi-Fi anxiety because well, of the big game. We didn't get to talk about this last week because there's a great commercial where it shows the guys sitting there watching the game and the people next door to them start cheering and they're like, what? Well, what are they? Oh, <laughs> their Wi-Fi is it's it's buffering, right? That's what's happening. Yes. There can be a delay between what's being broadcast tomorrow on CBS, and CBS is going to be broadcasting the big game. I'm not allowed to say the name That's of the right. game, am I? No, it's okay. Christmas no, you, football. You, you can't say Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. It, the Superb Owl um, is is going to be on CBS tomorrow. Um, and uh, kickoff is 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um so, actually, I think 5.30 is uh, your time. Yes. Um, the thing is that if you're watching it over the air, if you're watching it on cable, there's not going to be much of a lag. If you're watching it over streaming, there could be a lag, and there could be a gap between what's going out over the air and what you see on your streaming device. You want to, right now and again tomorrow, Make sure, one, that your Wi-Fi is ready for this. It might actually make sense for you to restart your Wi-Fi, unplug it and restart it back up. Test your Internet connection speed. You can go um, to any of the online speed test sites. I use speedtest.net 
it's been around forever, and I kind of recommend it. There are other ones out there. Test your connection speed. If you are concerned that you might not have the strongest Wi-Fi or that there might be you know some sort of interruption in the Wi-Fi signal or whatever, mm-hmm. it turns out that if you can plug in whatever you device you have to your router through an Ethernet cable, Ethernet is always going to be better than Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi kind of sometimes gets some bugs in it and can be slowing down. And then, best of all, if you can cable and over the air, you can't use rabbit ears, but you can use a digital antenna, is always going to be better than streaming for live sports. And again, because this is being a broadcast on CBS, if you can tune into the big game on any television that you have that has a has an antenna, mm-hmm. um, watching it over the air is always going to be better. But again, if you can't, then you can use any of the streaming services that offer CBS to you. Um, I know that you guys are using Roku mm-hmm. for right. your for and Roku does provide local channels. Mm-hmm. I use YouTube TV. It's not YouTube. You can't do this on YouTube, but if you have a subscription to YouTube TV, which is sort of their version of cable, you can sign up for that and stream it online as as what we're going to be doing tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow we are not going to be watching the big game at home. We're going to be going to Disneyland. Oh, <laughs> okay. Are you going because it will be less crowded? I'm hoping it's going to be less crowded. I doubt it's going to be less crowded. It's Disneyland. But we're going to be actually going to California Adventure. Um, we just figured, you know, why yeah. not? Let's, let's oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a great idea. We were talking earlier about going to the Chicago Auto Show. And yeah. the Auto Show realized that they might have a, a lower turnout on a Sunday. Yep. So they said, if you bring something that's sporty, like a, a, a jersey, we'll give you five bucks off your ticket price. So just wear any sporty thing yeah. and you get five bucks off. But That's great. I suspect you're going to find that there's going to be a, a slimmer crowd at Disney. That's when I would go. I, I used to go shopping. I used to get excited. Yeah. I'd go, I can go to the mall because there will be nobody there when I step off the escalator. <laughs> and it would just be me and a bunch of women going, ooh, my husband's happy. I'm going to leave him there. So <laughs> we are talking with Patrick Crispin. Patrick, sit tight. We're going to come back. And again, we were talking about you know checking out your Wi-Fi because if you live in one of the Chicago, um, maybe a 12th flat apartment building and you don't yeah. know what kind of strains put on the wi-fi this is something you might want to do before the mm-hmm. the, the superb owl moment yeah. happens tomorrow <laughs> evening we'll be right back here with patrick after this on wgn Get a second chance plan all your moves in advance stay dead stay dead stay dead stay dead and out of this world King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. You're, you really got to be following what, what's going on tonight. Connecting the dots. Yes. Because this is a very strange song to play for. Patrick, did you, did you connect the dots on what we just did? I didn't. Okay. I apologize. Well, you know, Patrick has a child at home. It's hard to oh, watch true. Te- television regularly. Because yeah. we were talking about the fact that on Sunday, uh, you'll be able to watch the superb owl. And there is a yeah. great episode of What We Do in the Shadows, where the vampires, and by the way, that's the theme from the, the, the show, mm-hmm. What We Do in the Shadows, the vampires go to 
a party they're invited to, and they think it is a superb owl party. (laughs) (laughs) So when you said that, we both looked at each other and just turned off our mics and busted out laughing, because that is a great, great episode of what we do in the shadows. But also, the the (laughs) artist who does that is Norma Norma Tanega. Now... (laughs) After the, see, you're going to have, I'll tell you what the trail will be. Okay. Uh, Julian, after the news break, we will bump back with Norma Tanega's hit record. She is a one-hit wonder. Mm -hmm. Walking my cat named Dog. That will be after the news. And you know what? This I, I'm going to bring it back to Patrick because we're talking just plain weird stuff. Patrick, what's the story about a toothbrush? <laughs> yeah, that's been compromised. A, a smart, well, smart, smart toothbrush. toothbrush. Explain this, please. <laughs> I wish the story was true. It's oh, not. oh. Uh, I really wish it was. And a lot of news, store, news sites picked up on this. But it turns out last week there was a Swiss news site called Argauer Zeitung. And they published a story that basically said that an employee at Fortinet, which is a cybersecurity firm, a very respected cybersecurity firm, everybody in the cybersecurity industry knows Fortinet, trusts them tremendously. This Swiss newspaper saying, hey, I talked to Fortinet, and Fortinet just told me that 3 million electric toothbrushes had been infected with Java malware (laughs) to conduct a distributed denial of service attack against a Swiss company. So what does that mean in English? Well, a distributed denial of service is, imagine if I were to get like 10,000 people to call 312-591-7200, and all of them would call at the exact same time. It would not only crash your phone, it might crash all the phones in the building and take everything offline. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what's going on here in a distributed denial of service is that you get all of these devices trying to connect to a particular website or a particular company at the same time. It overwhelms the company and it kicks them off the internet. The thing is, when I heard this story, my spidey sense went off and said, this doesn't make any sense at all. There's no details here. I mean, we don't know what brand of toothbrushes, it didn't say. We don't know what company, that's troubling. It doesn't talk about what Java library. Oh. And the fact is, nobody's using Java in embedded devices anymore. So the story just didn't ring any true truth to me. Um, and then the other thing that I discovered is, if you think about it, electric toothbrushes, and there are Internet of Things devices out there, but electric toothbrushes don't have Wi-Fi. They have Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And you can't hack something over Bluetooth unless you get the cell phone, and if some cell phone had been attacked and millions of cell phones have been attacked, this would be an international story. You'd be hearing this at the lead of every news story. Nobody's talking about this. So someone here is absolutely not telling the tooth. Sorry, truth. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, sorry, my, my mispronunciation there was uh, uh, partially acci- was partially accidental. Partially uh, 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 accidental. Uh, 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 
Fortinet actually came in, and this is a quote from Ned, to clarify the topic of toothbrushes being used for DDoS attacks was presented during an interview as an illustration of a type of attack. It's not based on research from Fortinet or FortiGuards. It appears that due to translations, the narrative of this attack, uh, this topic has been stretched to the point where the hypothetical and actual scenarios are blurred. Mm-hmm. Are blurred. So it's not true. Excuse um, me for I one. Was true. Let me. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, let me just say, in the future, when you send me a story like that, you better do the follow up because now I'm out a toothbrush. I threw mine oh, away. No. I threw it away because you said, look at this story. Isn't this amazing? And I said, oh, no, I've got to throw away my smart toothbrush. Thank you. Well, you know what? You know, the problem is, don't you? You didn't turn on tooth factor authentication. (laughs) That's my favorite pun of the week, by the way. I love that pun. I can't claim credit for it, but whoever does, whoever came up with that deserves a plaque. Oh, when I see you in person, you better brace yourself for what's going to happen to you. Brace One of the yourself. things we probably should talk about is mm. how to protect your network, your home network from Internet of Things. We could do that after the break. but. <laughs> Well, yeah, go ahead and start talking serious stuff while I'm bemoaning the fact that I've thrown away a perfectly good toothbrush. <laughs> go ahead. Um, Talk about it. Is there are some smart devices that don't need to be smart devices. There's no reason that your, your, your refrigerator needs to be on the Internet. Um, the problem <laughs> is manufacturers say, hey, we're going to go and put your refrigerator and your microwave and all these other devices mm-hmm. on the Internet. and. They do it, and they put Wi-Fi in it, and they have absolutely no security in them whatsoever. Hmm. Um, This is called an Internet of Things device, IoT, and the joke in the security world is that the S in IoT stands for security. You'll notice that there is no S in IoT. That's the joke. There is no security in Internet of Things. Wow. Internet of Things. Internet of Things. So it's all those smart devices that you connect to your home network. Yeah. So how do you protect yourself? It requires an, a little bit of knowledge of how to set up your home router. But most home routers will allow you to create two virtual local network, local area networks. Um, so you, in effect, in your router, you go in and say, I'm going to create a device network and a computer network. I'm going to put all my computers over in the computer network, the computer VLAN, mm-hmm. and I'll put all of my devices over on the device VLAN. Mm-hmm. So if anybody gets in and hacks my refrigerator, all they're able to get into is my toaster mm-hmm. and my microwave, mm-hmm. but they can't get into my computer. So check for what's called VLAN, the Virtual Local Air Network, should be built into almost any of the routers or Wi-Fi devices that you have in your home. And if you set it up, you're going to make your home network that much more secure. And this is something that uh, that Patrick and I did uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. So absolutely do it. It makes a huge difference. And that would include like your smart thermostat, right? 
hey, your smart thermostat needs to be on its own on the VLAN for your devices, not your computers. Got it. Okay, we're going to take a break. A lot more ground to cover with Patrick. That's why he's kind enough to join us for week two here on WGN. Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Norma Tanega walking my cat named Dog. Dog is a good old cat. People, yep. what you think of that? Yep, yep, yep. We're batting a thousand this hour, aren't we? We hit the ground with a little drick by Beck, and it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> and that was a legitimate one-hit wonder yeah. for Norma Tanega back in the 60s. And we just tonight found out, after being fans of uh, what we do in the shadows, that the theme song was a Norma Tanega song from 1966. And I said to you, boy, that song changed her life forever. Yeah. We interviewed her long before the television mm-hmm. show. We should track her down again. To we find should. How it's changed her life. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure there are many people that said, oh, I love that song because I love the TV show. But I She's digress. probably getting a lot of royalties from I would hope. Now. Yeah. Uh, we are... Uh, um, Doing another segment on all things computer-related, uh, uh, cyber news, and there's a lot of it, sadly. And uh, do we want to bring it close to home? Because yeah. uh, my brother Lee had a, a really interesting, not good experience just within the past couple weeks. And he called me to tell me about it. I did some research and found out that this year this has been a, kind of a, a, a big problem. Uh, Patrick Crispin is with us on the line. Patrick, I'm talking about... When when um, Lee got an email with an enticing offer from Paramount Plus telling him he could stream for $2 a month, a $2. mere $2, yeah, $2 a month. And the address, he knew to check the address, the address was a Paramount Plus address. That's who the email came from. And he thought that was a wonderful deal. So, of course, he gave him his credit card number up. And within 15 minutes, he started getting phone calls from Capital One saying, um, are you making all these charges? Because there's a whole lot of things being mm-hmm. charged in the last few minutes. So literally, no sooner than he put his credit card number in the system, boom, they were using it. So they stopped the credit card. But I looked it up, and sure enough, this is a thing, right, Patrick? It's a huge thing. And the reality is that scammers are doing everything they can to get into your wallet and get your credit card information so that they can charge things to your credit card. And since everybody has streaming right now, or most everybody does, you're seeing a lot more of these fake email messages or fake texts or fake instant messages that are saying, hey, either there's something wrong with your Netflix account or your Peacock account or, you know, any of these others, or, hey, I've got a great deal for you on Hulu, or I've got a great deal for yeah. you on, on, on whatever. It's coming from a spoofed email address or a spoofed sender, and when you click on it or if you click on the link inside the message, it takes you to a web page, and boy, that web page looks identical. Yeah. It, it just looks absolutely the same. Same colors, same pictures, same everything. And if you go in and sign up, well, you're going to get hosed and your information is going to be taken. The big thing to remember is there are just so many scammers out there. The only way you can trust any of these deals that are coming in 
is to actually go to the website of the site and see what's available on the main website itself. Don't click on the link in the email. Don't click on the link in the text or in the instant message or anything else. If there truly is a sale going on at Disney+, Plus, Mm -hmm. go to Disney+, and they'll tell you there. If there's a problem with your account at Netflix or Paramount or whatever, they might email you, but honestly, just log in. Again, ignore the message in whatever format it came. Use your web browser. Physically type in the address for the site that you want to go to and check in. Log in. Check on your account. Click on the settings for your account. Click on your your billing or whatever. If there's a billing issue, they'll tell you there. So. You, you just got to be really careful about these these scammers because they are desperate to get your information. And good. And it is trivial today to make a website that looks almost identical yeah. to Paramount Plus or Hulu or Netflix or any place else. And if you're not paying attention or the deal just is too good to be true, $2 a month instead of 5 or 6 you know, hey, that's a great deal. Um you're going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. And once, fortunately, he has Capital One, and Capital One caught it. But yeah. some people aren't aren't so lucky. And yeah. if you put in your debit card, that's even... That's oh, why that's, my gosh, that's, yeah. But the, the good news is that go they, they contacted him right away, they and he, he right. didn't have to pay for that stuff, and he's got a new credit card. But I won't be surprised if, over the past week, I think there may be some legitimate things that I yeah. ignored because I'm becoming so uh, cautious about clicking on anything. And if I see something that looks like it's, it, it might be something I should be concerned with, I'm doing just what you said. Going, I'm even using a different browser going to the specific uh, Chase or whoever and looking at the website that way. And, and on a similar thing, if you get a message from your bank or something like that, you don't know if that really is your bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you can do is if you're concerned, you get a message from your bank or whatever, and you want to verify that it's real, take your card out of your wallet, turn the card over, and call the 800 or 888 number on the back of your card. Do not t- take the number that is in that text mm-hmm. message or wherever. or Don't trust them contact them. If there's a problem, trust me, the bank will tell you when you contact customer support. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll put you in, uh, because I had to do this recently, with their fraud department. And uh, Steve was doing some Christmas shopping, and he called me into the office, and he said, I've got a bad feeling, so I'm going to show you what I was just about to do. And an ad had come up, and he liked what he saw, and so he proceeded to try to purchase that item. And something happened. It was like something, thankfully, caused him to stumble a little bit, and then he stopped and went, wait, this doesn't look right. And I called the credit card company, and they put me in touch with the fraud department, and they checked, and they said, no, it hasn't gone through yet, but we'll we'll be on the lookout for it we'll flag it yeah yeah fantastic but it's it's so frustrating because like when lee called me he said i'm so angry because i did everything i checked the address Mm -hmm. and they're so good at spoofing the address at like the phone so simple you can you can it is trivial for you to to spoof a from address in an email it's absolutely trivial. I can send you an email right now from Steve King at WGNRadio.com, yeah. and yeah. you would not know that 
It's from me. It's exactly like caller ID. You get the call from your utility company? What? (laughs) And you take the call because you recognize it's your utility company. And somebody tells you that your service is going to be disconnected within the hour because you haven't paid. So what do you do in your haste? You grab your credit card. Sure. At, because or Microsoft calling you and saying that there's a virus on your computer. First of all, Microsoft doesn't give a darn yeah. if there's a virus on your computer. Second of all, they're not going to contact you. Yeah, yeah. Remember the early days when the, the joke was about the guy calling about your Windows, and you answered yeah. and said, "Well, I have Windows. My Windows are fine. <laughs> I don't need any new Windows." <laughs> you know, if I may ch- chime in on sure. this, I actually. Sure. Um, Actually, hasn't happened since probably December, but between Thanksgiving and mid-December, I got a lot of calls. Now, normally, I don't answer when it's a number I don't know. I just mm-hmm. let it go to voicemail. But I got a series of voicemails of uh, of people saying that I owed so much on my credit card and mm-hmm. that um, that they were going to take action if I didn't call them back and make a payment and yada yada yada. Of course, I knew it was you know it was obviously not real, but um, right. you know, but I, but I know people who have actually. You know, some of them, friends and family, have come close to falling for such scams. And I always say this. I say that if it's a number you don't recognize, don't answer it. Let it go to voicemail and then listen to the voicemail. Mm -hmm. And if it sounds like, you know, it's something that you're unsure of, it's probably, you know, a scammer. And if not, you know, just ask somebody that you know that would know about such things, you know, just to be sure. But, you know, that's that's my main thing is, you know, don't answer the phone in the first place because that's how they they get you in the first place is they think, oh, well, you know, somebody's trying to get a hold of me. Let me see who this is. Is, but I, unless it's somebody that's already in my phone or if I know I'm expecting a call from a specific person, I don't pick up the phone in the first place. And, and Patrick, is it too big of a stretch to get someone to speak yes or no or whatever into the phone and then the bad guys can take that that word that you've just said and because the thing that I the thing that I've told Johnny issue. yeah the thing that I've got Johnny doing now is uh, when we get one of those calls I I say okay if you're going to pick up the phone do not say a word and yeah they will hear a silence and then either they will say something or hang but up. you do not want to initiate the conversation and you do not want to say yes. Because they can yeah, the grab word, that yeah. and use it for they whatever they want to use. The word it. yes and say say see he said that he said he's going to sign up for uh, our new long distance. By the way, I am glad your producer chimed in because I really have been trying to get in touch with him for a long time. I've got important information about his car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> that was Gabe in our newsroom, and he's on to you. So stop it. <laughs> Well, we are talking computers and uh, cyber stuff, and uh, Patrick Christman has been nice enough to join us again this weekend. One of the things I want to come back to, Patrick, it's the ongoing story from Lurie Children's Hospital, and uh, they held a press conference earlier this week, uh, and they were talking about how they're now having the FBI look into this. It is a known criminal threat actor that hit the hospital. Uh, can, can you explain what does known criminal, criminal threat, threat actor, actor mean? Very likely, and again, we don't know. I, I, I hats off to Lori for handling this correctly. They're giving as little information as possible because they've been cooperating with the FBI to try to track down and to bring the people who did this to justice. Um, so they are not telling a lot. This has 
every sort of sort of fingerprint of a ransomware attack where someone gets into the system and then locks up the files and says, I'm not going to give you access to your files unless you give me millions and millions of dollars in Bitcoin, Bitcoin immediately. Mm-hmm. The criminal threat actors that we're looking at, this does seem to me, and again, I don't have any inside information on this. This seems to me this is Russian. This seems to me mm-hmm. like it's coming from Russian hackers who, again, are being protected by the Russian Federation to try to wreak havoc on the West. And so it's one of those things where this is very likely going to be an international incident. It's not going to be some kid in their basement causing this. This is going to be some nation state that okay, let, is deliberately attacking this. Let, let me hold you there for a second. Uh, obviously, none of us know any of the specifics about no. this, but to zero in on the term known criminal threat actor, that is basically kind of saying, yeah, the the entity doing this is an entity that has done this kind of thing before, like yes. some of the people, uh, some of the known actors in Russia, yes. and and sadly... I think as we get closer and closer to the the election, you're going to see a whole lot more of this. Uh, but but the point is, when they're saying known criminal threat actor, basically, it, as you say, it's not Joey in his basement. This is yeah. Russia, China, whoever, that have been doing this for a while. Hmm. Yep, and the FBI is knowing know, knows about this. I would be willing to bet that all of the cybersecurity gurus out there kind of have an idea who this is um, and which particular Russian group it is that's doing this. But again, you, you kind of want to keep it close to your vest because you don't want the people over in Russia to know how close we are to catching them. Now, whether they're brought to justice, that's going to be an entirely different matter, but we know very likely who this is. And now that you know who did this, which group did this, you know their techniques, and there may be mechanisms to undo the damage without having to write a, you know, or, well, transfer millions of dollars in Bitcoin to to criminals. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I agree with one oh, of the parents. It's that, frustrating. Oh, yeah. I, I, one of the parents was on the news the other day, a parent of a child whose care has temporarily been changed because of mm-hmm. everything that's going on at the hospital. And she said there's a special place in hell for somebody yeah. who targets a hospital for yeah. innocent children. Or any hospital, really. But uh, sa- and sadly, the the digital landscape that that is our reality now means that this stuff is going to happen more and more. Yeah. Uh, whether it's hospitals or I mean, pick a digital thing and it will be attacked at some point. Well, I mentioned this last week, but you would be shocked at the breadth and the depth of the cyber attacks that are going on every single day that our chief information security officers at every major organization in the world are dealing with. It is a profound number of attacks that are going on, and they're able to catch almost all of them. This one got through. We'll figure out how, and lessons will be learned, and Mm -hmm. the rest of the industry will get stronger because of it. But this is 
it is scary how big this is. Mm-hmm. Maybe an odd question, and I hope I phrased it the right way, Patrick. Uh, from from the vantage point of your expertise, how level is the playing field that the United States is on compared to other countries when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber knowledge? I think we're really well ahead of of a lot of other countries. There are certain certain countries, and I, I would say that that the EU, in some some circumstances, is a little further of a, further ahead of the United States. But the, the the amount of money and the amount of resources that are we're able to deploy both within the government, and there is a huge cybersecurity uh, operation going on in multiple branches of the government, but also in private business and in in just government, all of these branches working together, um, you have a huge concerted effort to, to kind of deal with these situations as they pop up and predict what's going to happen next. So I, I'm, I'm actually hopeful for the future. It's just it's going to take a lot of time. It takes a lot of money to do this. I mean, hospital organizations in, for their IT operation might spend $20, $30 million <laughs> each year. Um, yeah. it's, it's a profound amount of money. Um, and it's just because they know how important the network is and how important the records are and how important the care that they're offering is. So, again, I salute Lori. They're doing the right thing. I'm sorry this happened to them, and I'm looking forward to them getting back online. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about a comment that I heard from someone, a, quote, cyber expert who said, you know, for every person that we have working in our government on cybersecurity, China has 50 for every one that we have. And I went, whoa, whoa, maybe we shouldn't be talking about that. (laughs) You know, really? Why, Why are we showing our hand if, in fact, you feel that we are that far behind them? I mean, we're ahead. I think you're right, Patrick. We're we're making great strides, but do we really know what other countries like China have at their fingertips? I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to take you in a different direction for a second. Uh, blue sky. Yes. So years ago, back when Jack Dorsey was at Twitter, he said, "Hey, I want to have another Twitter." But this one's going to be decentralized. And they started working on this Blue Sky project as sort of a separate Twitter. It was operated under the Twitter umbrella, and then it became its own private sort of standalone social media site. But it was invite-only until just a few days ago. (laughs) And now anybody who wants to sign up for this thing can. It's really, really, really interesting um, one of the things that I love about it is if you sign up for Blue Sky, first thing you're going to notice when you get into it is it looks very much like Twitter, but without hashtags and without the trending. And the other thing is there's a hand over on the left-hand side. If you click over on this little hand over on the left-hand side, you can turn on content filtering. And one of the things you could do is if you enable content filtering, you can automatically block explicit sexual images so it hmm. won't show up. Mm-hmm. You can warn about nudity or hide or show it. You can warn or hide sexually suggestive. Anything that's 
violent or bloody, you can warn or hide. You can then say, hey, I don't want to see any hate group iconography or spam or impersonation, and it will automatically filter it out for you. So you actually have control over what's being filtered. The other thing that's really cool about it is you can then choose to sign up to these sort of feeds. For example, they're going to have two feeds tomorrow. They're one for the the big game. Let's just say it's going to be called SB for the uh, for, for the feed. I'm, I, I'm hitting then, the, I'm hitting the pause button for a second. Can you hang with us for a couple minutes? Of course. Okay, we will uh, come right back and, and and talk more blue sky and other things. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Mr. Blue Sky, please tell us why. That's uh, <laughs> ELO and... Boy, were they in a Beatles mode when they, they did really, that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we're talking about Blue Sky with Patrick Crispin. Um, and Blue Sky, uh, in, as we, as he said just before the news, it had been invite only forever. And in this past week, it opened up to anyone who wants to join. And and Patrick, uh, you, you were telling us about how to use it and how it can be used. Uh, before you proceed, is it free? That's what people want to know. Is Blue Sky free? absolutely free and what's better about it than almost any other social media site is there's no algorithms driving what shows up on your feed in other words what you see when you go to blue sky are the posts by the people that you follow hmm. that's it okay well, and what if you want to good what do you what if you want to uh, just follow a news event or, or just see what are the, the current news headlines like, like a trending. lot of people would do on tr- on Twitter. If you don't have a, tr- a trending option, what right. is your option on Blue Sky? So what you can do is there are feeds that you can subscribe to. If you log into Blue Sky, down on the, le- on the left-hand side, you'll see sort of like the, ha- the pound sign, the hashtag. And you click on that, and you can choose feeds that you subscribe to and it's basically some human being has said, I'm going to put together posts from all these different places that I follow. A good example of that is the Blue Sky team has put together two feeds for the game tomorrow. One is, they, and I'm going to say the name out because it's the name of the feed, so this is actually reading out loud. If you search for the feed for Super Bowl LVIII, this is a feed by Blue Sky app, and if you follow that, You'll see all the posts that are about the Super Bowl. They have also, and I think this is incredibly clever of them, come up with a second feed. The second feed is called SB Taylor's version, which is <laughs> only posts about Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I'm signing under Blue Sky when I get home. SB Taylor's version. Absolutely. SV Taylor's version, and but what you do is one, you go in and you sign up for the people that you know, or follow the people that you want to follow. I'm Crispin C R S P E N. You can follow me. Um, you can choose who you want to follow, and then what you do over on the left hand side is just say, "Okay, I'm interested in these particular topics," uh-huh. and there will be moderated lists 
of those topics by people that you kind of trust. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about it is you're kind of getting rid of all the garbage. Back to Steve's original thing. I'm not sure how good this is going to be for breaking news. I still think Twitter is, or X, or whatever they're calling it today, is has that in the bag. However, I think a lot of people, including myself, have left Twitter never to return, and we kind of miss that. I, I, I think that Blue Sky... I like the fact that there's no algorithm kind of saying, this is what I want you to see. I think Threads is great, but I've been really excited about what's going on over on Blue Sky. A lot of the old law Twitter people, people I follow in in the law industry, uh, departed for Blue Sky a year ago, and I've been following them, and it's been fantastic following them and, and kind of keeping up. But the big thing on Blue Sky is choose a whole bunch of people that you want to follow, the people that you trust and then uh, keep adding more people, and you have the following. There's a, You can have see popular friends. Eventually, they'll try to guess some things, but that's sort of buried. But the other thing you can do is choose which threads or sort of feeds you want to, want to sign up for. And don't forget, you have the ability to do content filtering, and you can choose to hide really offensive material, which really you can't do on a lot of the other social yeah. media sites. So pa- I pa- really, really like this. Patrick is on uh, Blue Sky. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky. Johnny is on Blue Sky. I am? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay, because I was going to go home and sign on just so I could go to I think the, you're on Blue Sky. The, I know the you're on Threads. Taylor's version. I don't know that I'm on Blue Sky. <laughs> I will simply do it for Taylor's version of okay. the big game. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, a listener says, are we looking at www.b as in blue, S-K-Y dot A-P-P? Yes, B-S-K-Y dot A-P-P. So it's instead of, it's basically blue sky with fewer letters, but B-Sky dot, dot, B-S-K-Y dot A-P-P. You can also go to B-S-K-Y dot social if you want to find out a little more about it, and it mm-hmm. sort of has some information on that, sort of telling you about the company. But this is an open, sort of public good company, so it's not here to make a whole bunch of money off of you. They don't see themselves you know, throwing in a bunch of ads like some of the other social media sites. So, so, so how are they? Site. How are they going to exist if they if they're not going to make money from? Okay, all right. One of the primary reasons to go to Blue Sky is you can see things like on Patrick Crispin's feed where Patrick posts, "Don't say I didn't warn you," and he has the (laughs) the screen grab of the story from one of the ABC stations about the aggressive squirrel. The aggressive squirrel in Prospect Park, at least five people were attacked by the aggressive squirrel. And and for those of you who have been with us for a long time, you know that Patrick has this thing for squirrels, and and one of his websites was netsquirrel.com. Is netsquirrel.com still around? (laughs) It is. I haven't updated it in like 10 years, but yes. (laughs) But see, right there, there's a reason to go to Blue Sky. To find out about aggressive squirrels from Patrick Crispin. 
It's important. <laughs> yes, it is. I did look up how they're making money, and Blue Sky announced back in July of last year additional seed round funding and a paid service that provides custom domains for end users who want to have a unique domain as their handle on the service. It doesn't seem like a I lot of money. That. I, apolog- yeah. I apologize for not saying the, the, about the the. the, the custom handles but yeah seed money is basically venture capitalists are, are spending some yeah. money on this thing so let's hmm. see what happens yeah but i'm really excited by by having a social media site that isn't some algorithm trying to guess what i like but mm-hmm. it's me telling it no i like this person i like this person i like pope hat or i like wgn radio or i like the, the chicago white Sox, and just mm-hmm. give me that hmm all right, before you say goodnight, uh, I have an iPhone, listener says. I'm sorry. Uh, I keep it updated <laughs> with all Hi. iOS updates. Do I need a separate virus and malware program, Patrick? No. No. No, not an iOS. Uh, the, the, the nice thing about it is if you are using an iPhone, you haven't jailbroken it. If you don't know what that means, you, you haven't. Um, then all of the apps that you can download from the App Store have to go through a very, very secure vetting process that's done by Apple. I've written a couple apps that I had to put up for USC. It takes a couple of days to go through the approval process, and Apple checks everything. It is a lockdown system. Yeah. So the iOS, you don't have to worry about viruses. Okay, good deal. Thank you so much for your time, as always, Patrick. Happy to do it. <laughs> All right, keep those teeth uh, yes. <laughs> from rocking and rolling. <laughs> what a weird and, and story. And in just a little bit, it'll be 2.30. Oh, good night, Patrick. Have a good week. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. <clears throat> yes, he was it's, in the dentist chair when an earthquake hit. Yeah. If, if you're joining Los us Angeles. late, this was for, yes. for real, a, a four-point-something earthquake. Had a drill in his mouth yeah. when he felt the chair move. I, and as I said to him, seriously, I would take that as a sign. I would leave yeah. and say, I'll check with you. We'll get back to this yeah. at a later date, <laughs> but not right now. <laughs> aftershocks. I would be afraid of aftershocks. <laughs> Stay with us. More coming up. When I say that's something. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. It was the the ninth of February, back in nineteen sixty four. Speaking of earthquakes, it was a seismic event in television history. Yeah. I mean, it changed everything for us, especially if you were there then mm-hmm. in 1964. Where were you when the Beals were on Ed Sullivan? Watching it. But I was watching it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I was uh, uh, still in my rock and roll musician part of my life. And one of the reasons I was watching it is I wanted to hear what they were doing. And uh, I, I believe it was the day after that, 
I went out and bought their album, and we learned as uh, a bunch of their their songs, mm-hmm. and started playing some of, of their songs. You did. Yeah. yeah, I was reading something. Um, it, it may have been um, a Rolling Stone piece uh, last week, leading up to this anniversary, the 60th anniversary of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and they said that more people were watching that show not because of buzz about the Beatles that were going to be on the Ed Sullivan show, but since the November before we had become attached to our televisions after the Kennedy assassination. Television took on a whole new role in our lives. And I had never thought about that. That we yeah, we watch well, television, but we were watching it differently after the Kennedy assassination. And there have been tons of books written about all this stuff. But if you go back to the the seismic cultural blasts that happened on television, certainly you can look at Elvis mm-hmm. and and that was one kind of a seismic blast because Elvis gradually built up from the Tommy Dorsey show to Steve Allen and then ultimately Ed Sullivan. But with the Beatles, this was, as you said, after the Kennedy assassination. So it was something that kicked our minds into a different place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was emotionally, it was if you will, an emotional form of release Mm -hmm. that we all needed. So there was a little different, uh, forgetting how good the Beatles were, Mm -hmm. it was a different emotion that was part of that, too. Yeah, but it wasn't long after they were on the show that people were saying, oh, they need haircuts. Oh, they're just loud. You know, because there had to be that element. but I don't think there was as much of that element as there was, was with, Elvis. with Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I was there then. You know my story. Mm-hmm. Um, as weird as it is, uh, I had been invited to the neighbor girl's house to watch the Beatles on television. And uh, <laughs> we had pulled out the hide-a-bed sofa so that we could be in bed in our pajamas ready for the Beatles on television. Television was right there. And Mom brought us in bowls of ice cream. So Linda and I are sitting up in the middle of the bed, eating our bowl of ice cream. And the Beatles are coming up. Was Frank Gorshin on the show that night? might have been. Anyway, I decided to be the good guest, visiting guest. You decided to be the Taylor Swift and clean things up. Yes, I was going to clean up. I was going to take our bowls, run them back to the kitchen during the commercial break. And when I got up to run them back to the kitchen, my girlfriend grabbed the back of my pajamas and I kind of stumbled. And then I tripped over a metal bar that was sticking out from the end of the sofa bed. And when I did, the bowls fell on the hardwood floor floor, and they shattered and I fell on top of the bowl, and I cut my little finger off. Now, I really did cut my little finger off. I think I went into shock then. I remember my girlfriend saying, but but, but, but the Beatles are coming on. <laughs> I'm gushing blood. Her mother is, I think, n- nearly going to faint. They grabbed a blanket and wrapped around my hand. 
we knew then I had to go to the hospital. And all I remember hearing was, but, 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 but the Beatles are going to be on. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they're, well, well, we can't leave now. And I thought, oh, I've just ruined the whole evening. The Beatles are going to be on. And I didn't see them then. It was many, many years later that I actually saw so, them. So what was the, I don't know that I've ever asked you this in all the years we've been married. What was the first time you actually saw the Beatles on television? Um, Would it have been their second Sullivan? It was their second Sullivan, and I remember um, I didn't go to her house for that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we talked for a while after that first instance, because it was devastating. It was also very shocking. I mean, I'm... I got a, a finger that had to be reconnected to my hand, and um, it's still the finger of an eight-year-old mm-hmm. because they connected it with rubber bands. I'll show it to you, Julian. That's it right there, that little one that I'm waving at you. That's all it does. But thank goodness they were able to sew it and back for those on. of you wondering, no, Johnny was not waving her middle finger. That was my pinky finger, yes. Um and thank goodness they were able to sew it back on. But that was always my Beatles stories. Like, I didn't actually see them. I was ready. I mean, I had on my pink baby doll pajamas. If only, and she dealt with some guilt, too. If only I hadn't grabbed the back of your pajamas, you wouldn't have stumbled. You wouldn't have fallen. The, the bowls wouldn't have fallen on the hardwood floor. They wouldn't have crashed. You wouldn't have fallen on top. Now, when I got to the hospital, Augustana Hospital is where we ended up going, I got to the hospital still in my pajamas. I still had blood on me. I still had a blanket wrapped around my hand. My dad and mom walked in. My dad insisted that he would come into the operating room to see me. And apparently my finger was floating in a bowl. And that's all it took for my dad to see to drop to the ground. (laughs) Bless his heart. He wasn't prepared to see Mm -hmm. it floating in a bowl. (laughs) And... um, I remember the story goes, my mother said, John, John, come to, you're making a scene, because that's how my mother was. We don't make scenes. And um, I think about that now, and, uh, you know, he's going to be Mr. Macho and go in there and make me feel better. Mm -hmm. I look down and, oh, that's my dad. He just fainted. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever shared this. But as much of a Beatles fan as I became and as I am now, mm-hmm. when I first saw them, my impression was, oh, okay. Yeah. I think my, my favorite song and the, the song that I recall that we learned first was I Saw Her Standing There. Mm-hmm. Because that was more of a straight-ahead rocker. It took a while, probably by the Beatles' second album, I was hooked. Yeah. I realized yeah. there was some incredible songwriting and harmony and other things going on here. But for that first appearance, it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I should learn this because we're going to be performing, so let me learn well, this. I always thought that I, I embraced the monkeys more than I did the Beatles initially because of my, my nightmarish experience, that I still had you know these memories. So when the monkeys still came along... some baggage. Yeah, so the monkeys came along, I was like, yay! I can be there with them from the beginning! <laughs> and I can keep all my fingers, too! Can I make a confession about the, the yes. Beatles? Sure, uh-huh. from my perspective. It. 
So when I was a little kid, I saw the music video that Paul McCartney did with Michael Jackson, the Say, Say, Say video. Yeah. And I also knew who the Beatles were, but it wasn't until I was almost a teenager that I discovered Paul McCartney was a member of the Beatles. I didn't know that the two were connected up until I was about 11 years old. (laughs) I think I just blew up the text line right now. No, you're not alone because that's like a standing joke when your kid goes, what? Paul McCartney was with another band? Should we come back to this next week? Mm -hmm. We'll do a segment and just call it Beatles. Confessions. <laughs> yes. Or we fess up to. I'm glad you confessed to that game because you know what? I bet there's so many people going, Me too. I, I, I was there then and that's how I felt. <laughs> Wait for those text messages to start coming in. <laughs> and we'll be right back here on WGN. I'm going to give up something good when Lent arrives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to boogie down. Yeah. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's uh, Alan Toussaint and Fat Tuesday. By the way, before we get to Fat Tuesday and other things, this just in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Remember the number that I gave out when we started the show? Yeah. I said the number was 37,000. Yes. And for those of you who are uh, just joining us, uh, it was the number of people who had watched the Tommy Emanuel video that we put up. The Beatles medley. Uh, It was 37,000. It is now 38,000. Oh, wow. So (laughs) in the time that we've been on the air, it has gone from 37,000 to 38,000. Yeah, yeah. And that's in 10 days. It's gone from zero to 38,000. And if you want to see that, you can go to a youtube.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And you can uh, take a look at, uh, we've got a, a ton of videos on our, uh, on our YouTube page. And there are uh, different playlists. There's uh, Christmas stuff. There's odds and ends. Uh, there's interviews. some interviews, in-studio performances. Uh, there's uh, some in-studio jams. Uh, some... A lot of conversations are uh, video road tests. Your music, yeah. Some of my uh, some of my records and uh, some uh, things that I've uh, played on my sideman sessions. So mm-hmm. th- there's a whole lot of things. It's our it's our YouTube channel. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash Steve and Johnny Show. And, but but that's where you can see the Tommy Emanuel video, and uh, well, you can see a bunch of Tommy Emanuel videos, but that one in particular. Now at 38,000 people mm-hmm. have watched it. Julian, are you going to be at work here on Tuesday? I don't believe so. Because mm. I suspect probably about midnight on Tuesday, the Poonskis are going to start arriving. Yeah. We used to have trucks pull up outside of the Tribune Tower starting at midnight, and literally dozens of Poonskis would. Uh, it was so decadent so amazing because one was more fabulous than the one before and we used to talk to uh david the polish baker yep uh at a hundred and right around 106th and ewing and there would literally be people lined up lined up outside the bakery to get punchkis on fat tuesday as the polish baker he'd say it's far more than a glorified jelly donut and boy was it ever they were works of art 
and they would come to the radio station because I think back in the day they needed people to know that they had made these punchkis. Yeah. Now the word is out on the street. If you are the you know the Jefferson Park Bakery and you you're still in existence, you're going to be making yeah. punchkis. And 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 now you sometimes you have to order them in advance. What to, was the place that Larry Schreiner used to go to uh, over on Harlem? Yeah, um, around Norwich. It's not there um, anymore. I remember when we were doing Lisa's show, we talked to the yeah. folks. They said after all these years that they were going to they were going to close. But um, gosh, he would pick up dozens of them fresh strawberries and yeah. prune and whipped cream and custard and if you see them in the grocery store and you say oh that's what people get excited about no you need to see a punchki mm-hmm. from a bakery because they really go I need all to find out. out does anybody make gluten-free put Yes, I I got an email from a listener who wanted me to know that, um, but you had to order them last week. We were too late to order, but she was doing them in real punchki fashion. So they were high and probably a thousand calories and and all kinds of good stuff. Yes. Now, in some other parts of the country, they don't know punchkis. Like we've been in Florida on Fat Tuesday and walked through the Publix and they would have jelly donuts and they spell it P. O O N C H I E, like punchki. That, that ain't. And I'm like, no, it's P A C Z K I. And they're like, what? What? No, it's punchki. In some parts of the country, it's pancake day mm-hmm. because it's the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. It's the day when his, we're told historically you cleaned out your cabinet and you just you made all of the mm-hmm. the fattening things that you had your your flour and your sugar and your cream and all that other stuff and you ate it before you gave up mm-hmm. those things like the song says for Lent. I don't know if they still do this, but worth checking out on Tuesday. Around midnight, there is a time difference. See if you can go to nolalive.com. N-O-L-A, New Orleans, Louisiana, N-O-L-A-Live.com. What you will see there is a webcam. The webcam was set up on uh, Basin Street, Mm -hmm. and it, it looks down, and literally at midnight, you can see... The police coming down and they're sweeping the, the, all the stuff and the, people and the people off the street. <laughs> yes, you can it's watch fascinating. it live. They're on horseback yeah. coming down the street and just you know sh- shoving people into doorways and into hotels. And all right, this is it. You're Julian is uh, is Nola Live still a thing? Uh, looks like it's a dead domain. Oh, really? Too yep. bad because it, it used to be connected to uh, one of the, uh, the bar clubs. Yeah. And they had a cam that uh, probably there's, there's got to be something like that. The in pandemic Orleans. probably killed it. Yeah. Even though they did not kill Mardi Gras but, in but, that Tuesday. In fact, there was just a thing that I heard over the weekend where the number one spring break city now yes. is New Orleans. Yes. Julian is looking like he just found something. Did you just found something? 
No, that bit of information just kind of stunned me. New Orleans, really? <laughs> yeah, yes. I always thought it was uh, Florida. It, it always used to be, but it I used guess to be Panama City uh, Beach. Literally, Florida. within the past couple of years, it has shifted to, to New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, because New Orleans, they're off a of mine. You're here to have a good time. You're here yeah. to party. Uh, in Florida, and I can only speak for our part of Florida, it became so difficult for the people who live there year-round to deal with spring break that they decided, okay, we're going to have some restrictions. You can't drink alcohol on the beach, for example. And restrictions kept coming up to the point but where... But the restrictions were necessary. They were necessary. some of the stupid stuff that was going but on. But people who wanted to get stupid during yeah. spring break said, you know what, we'll just, we'll we'll just go to go New Orleans. Orleans. Because <laughs> how will they know? <laughs> just have a good time. Uh, Easter is early this year. It's the 31st of March. That's tied in, of course, with Ash Wednesday and Fat Tuesday. It, it's amazing how it's all tied together. You know, it all starts... Carnival starts... On the 12th day of Christmas, the Epiphany. Mm -hmm. And from that time to Fat Tuesday, it's parties, Carnival, but it culminates with Fat Tuesday, also known as Mardi Gras, on Tuesday. And it all ends at midnight, and then it's Ash Wednesday, and Lent begins. And see how we tie everything together, going back to the auto show, the Kia Carnival. See, so we... (laughs) Oh, that's right. You think we don't plan this the show? The Kia Carnival. See, if you were following the roadmap, now we took you right back to I where know. we started. That's kind of scary. Uh, Lister says, we used to get a cannoli-filled punchki. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of ours is Polish, and they make them. Oh, my gosh. They get more decadent every year, because we used to get frightened, remember? It started out they could bring a dozen in a box, and then it became eight in a box that yeah. were so big. And then suddenly it was like six in a box. There were the football size. There was, you'd say, no, I've got to share this. And then if you've ever fed anybody at a radio station, you know there's very little sharing. You grab what you can and you run. Yep. <laughs> Back to your cubby. <laughs> and enjoy. Oops. I, I know. I, 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 I see the blue light flickering. And what's that noise? I... Yeah, I hear yeah. I hear the Zamboni. Yep, listener wants to know who's driving the Zamboni tonight. That would be Grandpa Bob. Bob, who um, was visiting with us at the top of the show. Yes, his other job is to get this place cleaned up for the Dean Richards show. Yeah, because it, it takes a long time to clean up. <laughs> After us. <laughs> so if you would like to be our last caller, 312-981-7200. That number again, 312-981-7200. Yes. And, uh, and I want to go to Aurora. You know why? Why is that? The listener says Garner's Bakery in Aurora has wonderful gluten-free stuff. And I bet you they're going to have some poonchkis there, Is it me too. or has Garner's Bakery been around for a long time? That name sounds very familiar to me. I lived there for many years. I don't know it. But I'd be willing to make a road trip out there to get to know we it. We may have to do that. <laughs> well, if you would like to be our last caller and win some uh, some goodies. By the way, you can't win any goodies as long as you haven't won anything for the past two months mm-hmm. from this here radio frequency. So 981-7200 if you would like to be our last caller. And be, you don't have to know anything. We don't know anything. Do you know two months ago was before Christmas? Isn't that weird? That's weird. Two months ago, because I'm thinking like two months. I can't months. take it. I'm going home. <laughs> That's it. 
It's going to take you at least 14 minutes to get packed up before you can get out of here. So stick around, okay? 312-981-7200 if you'd like to be our last caller. Yes, there are prizes. And yes, two months ago was before Christmas. So if you won within the past two months, you will not be able to win tonight. But we'd love to talk to you if you want to be the cherry on top of our punchki. If you want want to set the tone for the rest of our weekend, it's all yours coming up on WGN. All right, people. It's time to go home. Yep. Yep. Losing time. Losing time. Head on out. Head on out. So let's go. Let's go. You don't have to go home. Yeah, you really kind of do. But you can't stay here. No, you can't stay here. (laughs) We have to get Red Peters on the show. Yes, we do. (laughs) And find out... (laughs) How well his royalties have increased since we started talking about him and playing this. I have to believe. It's been a year now that we've been playing that song. Yes. A little unfinished business, if I may, thanks to Grandpa Bob, our chief engineer, who's running the Zamboni. He got off the Zamboni long enough to tell me about a um, site you can go to, neworleanswebsites.com, neworleanswebsites.com. And there you can find bars and clubs and pubs and all these places that have webcams. I'm going to have to check that out and see if they have one that has the same view that we used to get from NOLA Live. Uh, And... uh, for some reason, I think that pub had... So the Black Cat or something? I was going to say it was a cat. Yeah. Yes, it was the Black Cat Lounge. Yes, that it sounds sure right. Was. And so their webcam was not only the comings and goings at the Black Cat Lounge, but it was everything going on outside on the street. Julian, can you find the Black Cat Lounge in New Orleans? I'm looking webcam? here. I'm looking here on the uh, site that the New Orleans websites dot com, and I don't see Black Cat Lounge. I see Blue Nile Lounge. The uh, Bourbon Pub, the Bulldog Lounge. I see Black Cat Cafe, Black Cat Bar. Okay. Maybe Black Cat tra- tra- Bar. Black Cat Bar. It may have changed over the years. Looks like it now goes by the Spotted Cat Music Club. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because I searched Black Cat Bar and it gives me that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, thanks to Bob for sharing that information. And now he's back on the Zamboni, getting this place ready for the rest of the week the week starts today you know and julian uh, to uh, to celebrate your purchase of a new car i think you should oh, get no. to pick the, uh, no. the oh, last gosh. car yep. yeah. oh, boy. Yeah, on. yep you get to choose a number a number and then we'll go to a phone line based on that number <sighs> okay we got lots of lots of choices there so don't take this personally callers we've got choices Okay. I'm going to pick number two. All right. Okay, Probably number... because it took you two hours to buy a car today, right? Uh, double that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just and line kidding. number two would be Jim. Hey, Jim, where are you calling hey, from? Hey, Jim. Freeport. Freeport. Freeport, Illinois. All right. Well, welcome in here. Why are you up at this hour, Jim? And uh, I was cleaning my file cabinet out, and I still have a file folder for tour bus and nut squirrel in there. Do you really? Oh, my gosh. Tour bus. Wow, I forgot all about that. You have been listening forever. Uh, Hey, I've been listening since uh, I was six years old in my grandmother's kitchen. Really? Oh, my gosh. But but back to the computer stuff, uh, tour bus and net squirrel, that was the beginning of our, our conversation about computers. Didn't we have Windows 98 then? 
Oh, it was before or Windows that. 3.1. 3.1, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. It sure and, was. And it took forever to connect. <laughs> right. It was all dial-up modems. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we've yeah. come a long dial-up way. dial modem. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so you're cleaning out your, your, your file cabinet. What's on your agenda for? Yeah, tax time. For, oh, oh, okay. okay. I suspect there are a lot of people so, that are up late at night working on their taxes. But but I'm up late at night. When even when I was working, I uh, was always, you kept me up at night all the time. Yeah, you've introduced me to so much different music. <laughs> oh well, good. And please don't do not hold it against me. The choice of music that was during the computer segment tonight <laughs> it was dreadful. I know that, but I've got no control over these guys. It it was a wonderful well, I, eclectic uh, mix. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, thank, thank you, Jim. <laughs> I'm right there with you, my friend. Right. <laughs> so so what what were you doing uh, back in the day that kept you up in the middle of the night? What was your profession back in the day? I was a telephone technician, uh, cable splicer. Oh. I shot cable trouble. Okay. I used to, when the, when the big wires you had trouble in them. The, the regular INR guys didn't. They called the cable splicers. Boy, you saw that. Wanna, that world changed a lot, right? Right in front of you, right? You betcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the demise of the telephone right now. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> in my hand. Hmm. Uh, yeah, when the car ran over a telephone pole or something, or a pedestal, yeah. like the cable had to be put back together. When you got two hundred or three hundred pairs in there, anyway, pairs hmm. of wires. You, uh, do you still have you a, la- a cable splicer? Do you still have a landline at your house? I had one up until about um, a year ago, hmm. and I finally got tired of listening to the the calls, to the yeah. mobile calls. Yeah, we have an answer. We still have an answering machine. Yeah, we, we just, still have an answering yeah. machine, and we still have a landline. landline. And it's uh, we rarely use it. But we have to blow but, the dust off of it. But but it's good for uh, for uh, diverting all the spam calls to it because we yeah. never answer it. We always uh, let them go to the answering machine and let them uh, do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I very seldom answer my my cell phone if I don't uh, recognize a number. But I've got a few places where now I'm I, they don't they come from a different number. Yep. And so I say I say hello, and you better talk to me in three mm-hmm. seconds, or you're mm-hmm. gone. Well, Jim, I actually it's a computer. I actually uh, had a you- guy say to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and this really happened to me. I could not believe it. I picked up the phone. I didn't say anything, and he said, "Hello, hello, are you there?" And I said, um, "What do you want?" I was trying to be careful about what I said to him, and mm-hmm. he was kind of quiet for a minute. And he says, "Look, lady." My job is to to try to scam you. You're not playing along with me. And I was just stunned. I could not believe he actually said that to me. And of course, the phone uh, number, if I called it back, it was a, a number that was, yeah. you know, non-existent. Yeah. The, the, the other thing yeah. I've occasionally done is answer the, answer the phone and say, you're the seventh caller. You're on the air. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you picked up the phone and said, where's my pizza? Yeah. He started screaming for his pizza and sounding like he'd lost his mind because his pizza hadn't arrived yet. And the person's like, uh, 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 okay, bye, sir. <laughs> and they, or they say, who, who are you speaking to? And I say, who are you calling? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough way to make a living, but some of them are just really bad guys that are out to take advantage of us. So, you know, give them a hard time if you get stuck talking to them. Well, I I don't buy, I never bought stuff from catalogs or anything. I'm a tire kicker. Mm hmm. I want to look at what I'm buying and buying what I'm looking at. You're singing my song. I, I, I love my UPS guy. I love my FedEx guy. I want to keep them in business. So that's where I come in. I'm upholding that part of the economy by doing my shopping oh, uh, through a catalog. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. They're staying in business. Uh, congratulations. Everybody has to do their part. We are going to send you some goodies from our prize list. You're going to get your very own WGN Radio 100th Anniversary Logo T-shirt. And you're going to get a highly collectible desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, the 60-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. And I always like to say it's like the uh, old days of the Seymour Seymour Paisen scarf or the Ladybug Mm -hmm. pendant Pendant watch. watch. It's Mm -hmm. the... uh, the weather stations have become collectible. Yeah, and they that's, have. One is coming your way, Jim. Thanks for calling. So hold on. We'll get some information from you off the air. Uh, coming up next week, well, number one, we don't start till I think about 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock next mm-hmm. week. And next week, we're going to uh, have our friend Neil Samors, uh, who's written a ton of books. And his new one is Memories of Growing Up in Chicago, Recalling Life in the 20th Century. So yes. we're going to talk with Neil about that. Mm-hmm. And also, we will have an in-studio visit from Tom Appel, who will be at the Chicago Auto Show. And he's going to come on over here and write from the Auto Show and hang out with us and uh, yep. give us his firsthand experience of some of the things that he's seen at the Auto Show. Tom, who just had a birthday. Yes. So maybe we'll have an excuse for a little bit of later birthday party. That could mm-hmm. happen. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, all of our social media sites, uh, facebook.com slash Show, youtube.com slash Show, and our uh, blog, which is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And there's a crazy piece of video of our trip into work tonight on Lakeshore Drive. Yes. It is a 14-minute trip that is compressed, something I just recently learned via my phone. It's compressed down to 14 seconds. That is not actually us driving that fast. Yeah. That is, I'm, bless your hearts, no, we're not driving that fast. That's something that the phone did. It's called hyperlapsing. So relax. <laughs> we're, we're driving safely on Lakeshore Drive, and we'll drive safely going home. Uh, we just beeped over 2 o'clock, so we got to get out of here. Uh, thank, thank you, you. Julian. Enjoy your new car. Uh, thank you, Gabe and Ron and Bob and all the ships at sea. And, oh, you guys, too, for tuning in. Yeah, thank you for hanging out with us. 